0: hello everybody hello everyone why not check it out today we'll have a lot of fun today hey everybody it's josh and corey and anna we're gonna hey check it out we're gonna check out pierre Fou, which i chose because it's classic of the french new wave and godard died a while ago and by the time you read it Listen to this. It'll be even longer ago. We'll get that in post. We'll get that in post. Who's we? Anyway, there's a guy. His name is Ferdinand, but also Pierrot. And there's a lady named Marianne. Marianne. And they go on a road trip, kind of, but not really. But also they're involved in gun running, but only sort of tangentially, but except it becomes important (laughs) later. Hey, let's check it out.
1: Did you forget the name of the podcast until, let's say, a minute into that
0: uh, intro? Absolutely not. It just didn't work into my rhyme scheme. Trying to up my game a little. You're lucky I didn't bring out my synthesizer.
2: Yeah, in in the spirit of the movie, which, at a couple of times, you're like, wait a minute, is this a musical? Or is this <laughs> woman true.
1: just yeah.
0: singing to herself?
1: Should I just leave all of the dead silences in this podcast episode? Just you know, as a tribute to the movie,
0: you could. I mean, I, you're, it's your it's your call.
2: <laughs> I will say, I was delighted, and I would love to believe that this was Goddard being dickish. Uh, there was a scene with a pause so long he literally drove a train through it.
0: It's true. <laughs> I, I mean, we'll get to it, but it's certainly possible that Goddard was being being dickish. But also, um, well, okay, let's 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 say hello and everything. Corey. It's your time
1: to sign. Hey, hello. Greetings. I'm Coriander Dickinson. And I watched a movie.
2: Congrats. What a a coincidence. Oh. I'm Josh Kagan. And I also watched a movie. And good news, everybody, I have doubled the amount of Godard movies I've seen now.
0: Hmm. I'm Anna Wasserman. I watched this movie for the third and i mean technically fourth when i was doing my notes times uh and i really liked it and i chose it because i am sad that godard died and i wanted my friends to watch a movie that i like
3: how into probably wouldn't
0: traumatize them
1: how into french new wave are are you would you say How into
0: french new wave am i you ask well I like the French New Wave. I'm not as well-versed in it as I could be, but I did take a class on it in university, which was actually a very long time ago now. Um, but I really enjoyed that class, and that's how I got into Godard. And I watched a whole bunch of Godard specifically for that class. So the first time I saw Pierre LeFou, I think was maybe for that class or possibly a different film class, but I saw it in a theater, had no idea what I was getting myself into, and uh, had a had a very nice time.
2: It feels like the kind of movie one would be
0: assigned. I don't know about that.
1: Open up your textbooks to Derrida.
0: <laughs> Listen, I mean, I've watched movies that were definitely assigned.
2: Let me uh, I had to watch
0: Hook for an assignment.
2: Very similar. That's right. From. That's
0: right. I've just alienated the entire millennial audience
2: how dare Um, you i I think we probably and when i say we i mean anna Mm. uh should define our terms for people who are listening to this podcast who don't know and i will include i've heard the phrase french new wave a thousand million zillion times and i immediately always picture
0: people with berets playing synthesizers and i know that's not it that's not it unfortunately well I mean, fortunately and unfortunately, I mean, like, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not that new wave. It's not that new wave. So, Anna, when we say French New Wave, what do we mean? All right. So the French New Wave uh, really came into being in, uh, I think, late, late 50s, maybe early 60s. I don't, I don't know the exact dates because I'm a poor student. But around about there. Um, Godard's first film drops in 1960, if I recall correctly. And that's Breathless. That's that is breathless or, a bout de souffle, oh bout de souffle. Anyway, um, uh, not the Richard Gere souffle. one. Don't watch that one. Uh, so okay. prior to this, the the um, people who would end up um, forming the French New Wave uh, created a literary magazine called uh, Les Cahiers du Cinéma, or the Books of Film. I, this is kind of a literal translation. Nobody calls it that though. They just use oh the, the, the cinema cashiers. Yeah, sure. Yes. Very good. Like cashiers do cinema. Yeah. And so they and they started doing like very idiosyncratic analysis of basically pulp stuff, right? Like stuff that was not considered high art or high cinema by anybody. Right. So like uh, an excellent example from for especially for this film is the films of Samuel Fuller, which were very pulpy, but also have a real like they're very auteur films. They kaiju cinema is where auteur theory comes from in the first place. That's why it's called auteur theory instead of author theory. Uh, And like just the idea of looking through at films and through a different lens and bringing into canon for them anyway, things that were never going to be considered canon. Um, Like, you know, something like shock corridor uh, by Fuller, which was like never probably going to be brought into the, the same breath as people talking about like something by Renoir or what have you, but they did that and they really liked that stuff and they felt there was a lot of value in it. And if you looked at it and you, like, film noir, also called film noir. Why? French people just, like, looked at it and like, hey, this is a thing. These are all real similar in a lot of ways. Let's call them something. So, eventually, they decided to like to write less and make more and they start all started making films and they're referred to collectively as the Nouvelle vague or new wave or French new wave they didn't call (laughs) themselves the French new wave in France because they knew they were French because they were doing it they were were doing it so you've got like directors like uh, Jean Pierre Melville I believe Um, obviously Godard um, Agnes Farda um, this whole school of people who are looking at film in a, like a real different idiosyncratic way and drawing from different sources than had typically been done before. Like you can see in Pierre Littlefou, he's drawing from like everything. hmm But he's fucking with it. He's fucking with all of it.
2: What's really interesting is that because I don't really have, I don't have kind of a lexicon in my head of what is and what isn't New Wave. But mm-hmm. what was interesting while watching this was me being able to go, And that's what Robert Altman took. And that's Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. Russ Meyer of all people took. And Mm -hmm. that's what this guy took. Like I watching, uh, there's a lot of new wave uh, iconography in beyond the Valley of the dolls. That doesn't mean that anybody should watch beyond the Valley of the dolls, but (laughs) like, A lot of a lot of the fast cutting, a lot of the pop art, a lot of the playing Mm. with levels of reality, a lot of playing with the uh, with the narration, that sort of thing. It's so it's like if film Twitter all decided to
0: start making movies like that's the closest equivalent. Yeah. But no offense, film Twitter, but film Twitter, um, I would say, has less film literacy than the, the French New Wave guys. Oh, totally. Yeah. But that's, that's the, I mean, they'd make, they'd make what film Twitter makes, and it'd probably be amazing, honestly, like, but like, like Godard made like, like Piero LeFouz's 10th movie, and it came out like five years after his first movie, like Godard, Godard just cranks him the fuck out, um, which is, partly something he can do because most of the time he didn't bother to write a script until right before they started and even then he like did a lot he lost a lot of improvisation which is like hero lefou is like you may be shocked to know largely improvised
2: What
0: <laughs> <laughs> i know i know uh i know it's
2: uh, I, I saw it was based on a book and i have to imagine that so that, is, they, that it's based on like the jacket copy <laughs>
0: it's like it's based on some stuff that happens in a book
2: a guy does something with the girl and they go somewhere and then everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah more or less i think yeah
2: where does this stand for you in the depth charge of godard's other stuff is there a reason why you picked this to uh, not yeah. make us watch? We willingly happily watched it, of course. but.
0: Well, cause is- it's great. Why would I, why would it make you watch something terrible? <laughs>
2: well, no, but I mean, why, this, why this and not weekend? Why this and not Alphaville? Oh,
0: why this and sure. not breathless? Well, okay. I feel like Pierre is who is really like, in some ways a summation of like um, his, his, aesthetic from previous stuff and past this, he kind of goes in different, he goes in a more politicized direction. His movies are arguably like increasingly less fun and a more didactic. Like he's still doing weird shit with them, but they're not, they're not, not in like the a delightful way, <laughs> like not like somebody bursting into song or there being a uh, like a parrot out of nowhere. And in the same way he, yeah, he gets really, he gets super political. Um, about his stuff. And he's made like, he's credited for like 137 films on IMDb, like not a lot of them are shorts, but he may he continues to make a shit ton of movies. But to me, like for that sort of like really good French new wave period of his work. This is the one I like. think, arguably, I like the best like breathless is great breathless is amazing. Like, I mean, they're all all great, the, the ones that I've seen. And there's so much Godard that I haven't seen that many. I could have gone with I could have gone with Contempt because I think Contempt is really great. It's Bardot, um, right? That's yeah, that's Bardot and Jack Palance set of all people like Contempt is amazing. Yeah. Uh, like Weekend is amazing, but Weekend's kind of a lot. And I don't think Weekend is a good choice for your first Godard. I feel like I feel like you, wa- you can watch Pierre LeFou. And then you can go back and be like, and decide whether you want to go back and watch his previous nine films. Right. And see what you get out of them. You're going to get different things out of them because they're not all like this, but it's, yeah, it feels like he got to like, I don't know, not an apex exactly, but he got to like a point where he could make a film that's kind of a summation. And I feel like the film is in constant like conversation with itself anyway about like, why is this film being made in the first place? What is even narrative? So it's, it, it, like, it's kind of really navel-gazy, but it also hates navel-gazing. And I just, yeah, I think it's a fairly easy entry point. It's not, I feel like Breathless can be boring because mm. there's not a lot of plot to Breathless. And while I, I wouldn't argue that there's, a, well, there's um there's moments of plot <laughs> in Le LeFou, but I, it's not plot-driven for the most part. But I do feel like, because it's a kind of episodic it's really easy to sort of be like oh well maybe I maybe I'm a little bored by what's going on right now but I'm sure something something is going to blow my mind in like the next 15 minutes most likely or just or engage me um and I watched this with Jen as I do and that's basically what Jen said about it like she really liked the parts she liked and sometimes she was bored but on the whole like it was a good experience so and I just like fundamentally when I think of like what Godard movie do I like the most it's it's probably this one
2: was this your first, uh, Corey?
1: I can't think of another Godard that I've seen today. Mm. Like I've seen um, 400 Blows, which is like Truffaut, right? Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, French cinema is not, not my strong
2: point. Same, mm. it's a big goose egg for me uh, as well. Uh, not in that I think it's mm. uh, not worth anything. It's just like, I've seen very, I've seen this, I've seen, as I've mentioned, I think on the podcast before, I've seen masculine feminine. Uh, That's the only Godard I've seen. Uh, And I thought it was, I think I've, I think I've talked about this before, but it, the, it, got a, it got a re-release in the either the late 90s or early 2000s, and the trailer that the company that re-released it, they cut it to this real swinging Chantel Goya yee-yee pop song, Uh, mm. and they cut the trailer to kind of make it look a little like, what if <laughs> A Hard Day's Night was socialist? And then it was just like, <laughs> and it's just going to be like young people running around getting into scrapes. And then you see the movie, and there's like 5% of that, and then the rest of it is sort of and this is it's sort of like when Animaniacs made fun of French cinema and it's just people going Aluetta. and the other person goes, Jean de Alouette. Yeah. And the other person goes, Alouette. And the other person the truth to this Jean de Plumere. And then they smoke, um, <laughs> and they, you know, or they drink wine or something. It mm-hmm. is it is French film for me is especially difficult to get into because I think when people, Americans or whoever satirized European cinema. Generally, they were satirizing French cinema. Specifically, they were satirizing French cinema because French cinema has sort of the onus around it of it being the most full of itself. Italy doesn't give a shit. Even Fellini was just like, woohoo, look at that butt. I got a butt in my movie, I'm Fellini. we're, that's Fellini for you. Yeah. he was—he seemed like he was just making—he was making yeah. these and uh, and not like uh, not like uh, oh shit, what's the name? of the it? uh, the Fellini movie that I really like, uh, The Road. It's not called The Road though. It's the one with the clown and the strong man. Um, that's Satircon? like no, it's not satirical. Oh, I Lamar. haven't
0: seen—I haven't seen any Fellini.
2: That's the one I've got a box set that I'm sitting on. Once I get tired of. Uh, bad Italian movies, and eventually, right. like oh, I should probably watch your silver box set
0: that you're never going to watch. Is what you're I'm
2: saying. definitely going to. It was a gift from Kayla. I'll watch it. it's oh, the, oh, the criteria. I just don't see you set. ever getting
0: tired of bad Italian cinema.
2: Yeah, they'll exist next to each other, and there's more, yeah. and and we can tie this in actually. Um, and I'll stop talking. More importantly, but. Uh, I mean, like a kid on Christmas morning when Sammy Fuller popped up in Pierre LeFou, my face lit up. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was like I, I turned off the lights and closed the blinds and stuff. But then the room just glowed because I was like, Sammy, Sammy Fuller's in this. What's going on? And then, you know, and you watch the movie and it's like, oh, because I didn't know that stuff that you just said about yeah. the guys in cashiers do cinema being like, mm. Hey, we like pulp movies and we like noir and we like trash. It's like, I, the, unlike masculine and feminine, this movie, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Godard likes trash. And yeah. not the Fuller is trash. Fuller made some very good oh, movies. Pff. Shock order
0: is amazing. I don't Shock is
2: amazing, that. but Fuller also, but Fuller is considered to be a B movie guy. Yeah. And so I was watching this and I was like, oh, I can see how he got that from Fuller. Oh, and that at the party scene that we'll get to where the lights, Mm. the gels keep changing. It's like, oh, this is uh, this is literally uh, oh fuck. It's one of the Poe. It's one of the Roger Corman Poe movies. I think. Oh, yeah. I think it's the Mask of Red Death, which literally which has the same sort of like everything's the same color rooms. Bava did this too. And it's like, sure. oh, it's interesting to see an art film that's in conversation with the genre dreck uh, and the stuff that I love so dearly. And that helped get me through a little. Yeah, what did you guys think? I didn't engage with it emotionally at all. And I think that's- You're not th- supposed to. <laughs> well, that's- well then Success bully for bully for them. Uh, they fucking, they stuck the landing and I need, and I think this is, I've run into this with the very few, like RTV French built, like I saw swimming pool, stuff like that. Uh, if there's, if there is nobody in the movie that I am supposed to care about because everybody represents, uh, nine different systems of thought let me put it this way. I liked the movie. And then I read a couple things afterwards and there was like, well, you understand, of course, that blue represents the bourgeois and red represents the life of, uh, adventure that uh, that Ferdinand. Won. And I was like, I didn't notice that at all. I got the movie wrong. I didn't watch no. the movie good enough. Um,
0: The movie's doing like a million things.
2: The movie's doing a million things. There are parts of it that I really responded to. And about five minutes in, I was like, everybody's going to die at the end. Everybody (laughs) died at the end. Spoiler. Uh, And it's just one of those, it's one of those movies where everybody walks around and, you know, talks quietly about big ideas. uh, And then everybody dies at the end. I I liked it. Didn't love it. But also I'm still, but ugh, I don't want people to listen to this and be like, "Oh, you, you, you plebe, you don't get it." And I'm gonna be like, I, "So I liked, I liked what I could grasp. I don't have enough of a kind of a mental toolbox to unpack everything in it, which is why I'm excited to." do this and talk about it with you who knows a ton about it mm, um yeah, don't overestimate how much i know but you
0: know this movie and you love this movie and you oh, made fair. us
2: you asked us to watch this but movie, I, so
0: i want to say that i love this movie not having done a whole bunch of research and stuff into what things mean but i love it because i like watching it and i like what i take from it so it's not like i'm not going to like decode the movie for anybody because any like aside from me, <laughs> under the silver lake most movies don't require decoding
2: yeah. I think I learned that I'll, I'll shut up after this. I think I learned yeah. about myself is that I am not smart enough to watch a movie and dec- like, I had the same thing with under the silver Lake. I was like, that was great. And I suppose I could go frame by frame now and try and solve for X for every single line of dialogue in the movie. And I don't want to, uh, I don't yeah. think
0: that's a smart thing, Josh though. Cause I know you contextualize it like that, but I just think that's not how you engage with, with cinema, and that's fine. That doesn't mean you're dumb or whatever.
1: I did kind of feel the same way about this movie. That was like, this movie's mm-hmm. trying to give me homework. <laughs> <and> I <laughs>
0: won't be tricked. Yeah. Like I, oh, I, we like definitely like because well, because this movie was made in '65, uh, which was you know what, seventy years ago now. That can't be right. I don't know how math works. Almost, almost seventy years ago, like. There's probably stuff in there where like the books he's reading may have been like well known or the quotes or what and also like everyone's read James Joyce. Yeah. Yeah. But the French really love like their their literature and everything. And it was like, I'm sure like the the Nicolet gang or whatever that weird ass book he's toting around with was it's see, this is the thing. Like my context, it's like either like he's toting around a copy of X-Men or like he's toting around a copy of like heavy liquid or something by Paul Pope or like, you know, something, something like underground like Johnny, the homicidal maniac or something. I don't know. I have no context for what this bond is supposed to be.
2: It's just, you're just supposed to know that this guy's, this guy's got more ideas in his head than he does sense.
0: That's definitely true.
2: Uh, what do you think, Corey?
1: I only watched it once, but I did make an earlier attempt at it, and there's a lot oh, of movies no. you can watch kind of like just with one eye
2: no.
1: and just kind of let it flow over you. And mm-hmm. it's enough like by the book that you can just follow it, whether or not the sound's there. Uh, this is not one of those. It was like running into a cliff. Oh. So I had to put it put it on the back burner until absolutely necessary.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, fair. Uh-
2: I did mine with the Wikipedia open because there were a couple that because otherwise I would have been like, wait, she's on the run from who? Because of what? Oh, sure. They're on an island now? What? What?
0: Sure. I'm not sure the Wikipedia article is 100% right about any of that either.
1: So, yeah, I would call, I would call the movie very, uh, heady. Uh, Mm. and, uh, there's, there's some interesting camera stuff. Yeah. A lot. It's very colorful.
2: Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful goddamn movie. Um,
1: I only did like the Captain America. I got that reference like two times, though. So there's just so much context about what's going on that I just do not have.
2: No. And I was trying I was trying to sort of like, well, maybe I'll try and look that up. And I realized especially because I as a side note, I rented the movie twice because Amazon did not have the subtitled version and I was like, I'm not watching this with a dub. Thank you. I'm not going to do that to myself. Uh, So thank you, Google. Thank you, other monolithic, uh, you know, internet company. Uh, Mm -hmm. But- it was, it was, I, so like at one point the two lead characters called themselves by like two different names. And I was like, uh, I should, I should look that up and see what that means. Vivian and, far- and Phil or something. Yes. It oh, was yeah. Vivian, Vivian and Phil. Yes. The next door neighbors. And yeah. I love Lucy. um No, I, I looked it up and it was like, this hey, is a, this is a- Air <laughs> did you just say the French Prince of
0: Bel-Air? <laughs> yes. Why not? Yeah. Yes. Start sure. with
2: That. Go with that. I absolutely
0: did. Please don't rewind and listen.
2: Um, But I looked up and they were like, this is a reference to a famous novel from the 1700s. And I was like, (laughs) I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to use my decoder ring. I'm just going to watch this movie. And And the problem is, is that I feel like it's the kind of thing where if you just go plot point by plot point, The movie's not about that. The movie's Mm -hmm. about the war and socialism Mm -hmm. and the the children of Marx and Coca-Cola and all Mm -hmm. of that, Mm -hmm. all of that jazz.
1: I looked up the cars because there's one extremely ugly little car at one point that's got like triangle, like Toblerone over its headlights, but then the hood dips down and apparently it's called a DAF daffodil, but there's like 20
0: cars in this movie. Goddard loves cars. Goddard loves cars. Goddard loves cars. I want boy, I, I want to talk about the car those car driving scenes. I want to talk about them so bad. He loves paintings? Like, that was the other thing. It Mm -hmm, was like, mm -hmm.
2: oh man, am I supposed to? I I didn't know there was going to be a quit. And this is, and so this is what I mean by this is a movie. It feels like you would be assigned or that I would be assigned because there's probably no other way that I would have had this podcast not existed. I probably. This probably wouldn't have even been, if I went, I should watch some Godard. This probably wouldn't have been the one that I watched. But Mm -hmm. I feel like eight things happen in the movie. And then the rest of it is just like ruminations on art and literature and ideas and, and, and vibes, comma, Mm -hmm. bro. It is, uh, it's interesting. I read the, uh, I read Ebert's review of it uh, because he was actually reviewing these things in real time. Right, It came to the States in 69 and he's got a whole paragraph where he describes a scene that happened in the movie. And then he basically says it doesn't ever come to anything, but the mood is there. And he, you can see him trying to invent the phrase vibes. Yes. (laughs) And it's like, Oh shit. It's like a, it's a vibes movie. It's a hang movie. It's not a, it's not a, it's a. It's about so many things except the thing that it's about, which makes it feel like, which makes it feel like a pop quiz, which makes it feel like a test. <laughs> the other thing is, is that because Goddard is so fucking well-respected and so beloved, I don't want to be the idiot- Beloved is where- an
0: interesting term for Goddard. <laughs>
2: I mean, when he died, the world stopped for five minutes. It was a big um, deal. No, that's
0: that's true. I just, I guess what I'm saying is, I people like Godard's films. I don't think they like Godard as a beloved, like, you know, figure as such, as a human oh, being no, I mean, necessarily. I, I don't know. I don't know what he did in his. He pen. was a curmudgeon at the very least. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, but who isn't? But-
2: But that's, that's kind of what I meant. Like, it just, it felt like, but do you know these authors? Do you know these paintings? Do you know these, do you know these cars? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know any of this. And I just want to see
0: people murder each other. Can we get to that? (laughs) Well, it's like a hangout movie, but you're hanging out with a bunch of cult counterculture people who only want to talk about the books they've read.
1: Except only one of them does, and everyone else. Yeah, hates and everybody it.
0: else would. Every yeah, everybody else would rather like put on a flick or something. Would
1: go dancing but
0: at like, the club. Yeah, but it's like their house or something, and they're too stoned to go anywhere now.
2: And it's interesting because, and I think you said when you were sort of teeing this up that Goddard sort of had this love-hate relationship with men with big ideas because Godard was. A man yeah. with big ideas, all first capital letters. And uh, Ferdinand is that is that same dude, except he's a butt. Yeah. That
0: said, mm-hmm. there's nobody in this movie who's great. Oh my gosh. It's like this thing folding in on, on itself because on the one hand, like, you see Ferdinand, and the more Ferdinand gets into his writing, the more obnoxious he is. It's obviously like his writing's clearly obnoxious too. He's got obnoxious ideas about what he's gonna like literary things. It's like he's insufferable, right? But Godard has made this movie that is insufferable in arguably the same way. I never found it insufferable. Well, I, no, but I, it's like it's like Godard's talking about himself. I think in a lot of ways he's like, "Am I? Am am I the asshole?" Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, see precisely. Should we should we get into the nominal things that happen in the film? All right. Jen asked me, uh Jen asked me what it was about before we watched it. And I was like, About is a really strong term.
1: <laughs> First we see the world's worst game, a Wheel of Fortune.
2: Ah! <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was already like, God damn it, now I have to solve puzzles. <laughs>
0: No, you didn't. You just have to be patient. Yeah, well, I don't have that either. The titles come in. Uh, each letter uh, appears in alphabetical order until they run until they get to you where they run out of any more letters to fill in, and it just stops. Gerdard loves typography, also. I think should, mm. like he likes messing around. He likes like uh, he's very in a lot of ways really li- like he's very visually also. He's also very literary because he comes to film in a kind of literary perspective too. So he always likes to do like word shit at the same time as he's doing cinema shit.
1: Mm -hmm. So we got to a man voice narrating about the artist named Velazquez and there's footage of women's tennis
0: (laughs) and then a man (laughs) buying books. And then just the Parisian night, I assume.
2: Yeah. And at that point I was already like, none more French. (laughs) <laughs> this, is, this, so is, this is this is this is French' as shit. The, that opening title sequence, which was in the the colors of the uh, the French flag, if I'm not mistaken oh, in sort of this uh, uh, and then like you know, and then young women playing tennis. a man buys books, a thought is had. authors are discussed.
0: <laughs> A man is in his bathtub reading this and then it turns out he's reading it to his tiny child who cannot understand any of it.
1: He's smoking a cigarette. You will never see him without a cigarette in his mouth.
0: So this is Jean-Paul Jean Paul Belmondo, who, is, who, is, who uh, became famous. He'd been in other films before, but he was made famous uh, by being the lead in Breathless. Turned into a big old French movie superstar. Uh, heartthrob. Good looking man. Uh got a good mouth for smoking cigarettes with smokes the widest cigarettes I ever have seen. They're probably French. Um, I cannot, I mean, they must be, I know. I said probably
2: from, I think this is probably my first jean Paul Belmondo movie, yeah. unless he's popped up in something. Maybe he was an episode of love boat. Who's to say, uh, but, uh, he was giving me, and I think it's just—I think it's because I literally just rewatched this a couple of weeks ago with the commentary uh, to get it out of my to-watch pile. Uh, I watched Altman's *The Long Goodbye*. Oh, sure. Have I sure, have sure, I ever sure. seen that? Oh, yeah. Just clips. Hell's yeah. Um, it's uh, it's Corey. It's like this, but a little better. Um, <laughs> there's an
0: actual mystery. There does get solved.
2: But uh, Bill Mondo was giving me thick Elliot Gould vibes to the point where I was like, Oh, I think I just figured out what the fuck Elliot Gould was doing yeah. in the long goodbye. Like, I think that's a, I think he's doing a Belmondo riff, among that a million be. other things, but there's that same kind of like, he's hot for reasons. You can't quite put your finger on. Um, like Elliot Gould is a looker, but not in any traditionally like. Did
0: mm-hmm. you get those pictures of Elliot Gould and Grover? Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but not in like any traditional Western way that we necessarily want our men to look, which to me feels no. very much of a piece of like both the French new wave, which is like, we're going to get attractive people, but we're not going to get these ain't your mama's hunks. I'm just saying there's kind of a, there's a rumpled imperfect scratch and denty hotness to both of these guys and smoking.
0: Yeah, I think the through line to Belmondo, and this is, like, explicit in Breathless because they make reference to this, is is Humphrey Bogart. Like, that's kind of who his persona plays off of a lot. All I right. can see that. Yeah,
1: Kind of reminds me of the sad spy from Patriot TV series, and <laughs> a little bit like Donald, Donald Sutherland and Clute, right? That's Oh,
2: yeah. Sure. Oh, great call. Great call.
1: That skinny little tie. Oh.
2: It's like you see Belmondo and I'm sure I'm sure when I watch Breathless it'll go off like a bomb but it's sort of like oh okay so this is the blueprint for the atypical
0: leading man. Hmm. To an it's, extent. He, he's he's yeah he's definitely a like I think he's like the I, like the 60s blueprint if you will. Yeah. Right? Like the blueprint for the for the new decade. I was going to say century and then I didn't.
2: Totally. But you can but then guys took that vibe and ran with yeah. it. Gould oh, ran yeah. with it.
0: Sutherland yeah. ran with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um All
2: right. So this man is
1: smoking in the bathtub. He calls his girl over to listen to this art history book that he's narrating from. His wife's like, you know, you should read that to them. They don't understand. It doesn't make any sense that you're doing this. Uh, and we got to get to this party at Frank's. My dad's gonna offer you a job at oil standard.
0: Down at the old oil factory. Right? And also you appear to have sent the babysitter out to the movies, so we have to get Frank's niece to babysit. And he's like, of course I sent her to the movies. She's going to Johnny Guitar. She needs to get some culture. I got to see that. That's one of those movies. It's Joan Crawford, right? Yeah. Correct. It was a
2: Joan Crawford Western, uh, and I forget who directed it, but it was, you know, it was was somebody who, like, straddled Pulpy and Mm -hmm. Artie. I don't think it was Fuller, but it was somebody of... No, I don't
0: think so. so. But it was, like, someone of Fuller's
2: ilk is the wrong word yeah it was a it's a postmodern western to an yeah. extent so uh, I can see why it fits in in this world um but hey no problem that the, the babysitter has been sent away uh, because Frank's niece is gonna look at the kids or look after Frank's the kids niece. yes and uh Ferdinand is immediately like ah it's not his niece it's gonna be a hooker yeah. Oh. Oh, hooker Frank. We all, everybody's got that one friend who shows up with a niece, and it's a sex worker.
0: With his with his wife and the sex worker, so I don't know. France! It's French. It's France. They yes. do these things, I guess.
1: Also, it's, it's a little bit like uh, Wizard of Oz in this scene, because we've just gone from, like, some toned-down, like, exterior stuff that's blown mm-hmm. out from stuff, and then blown out from all the sunlight, and then we go to this bedroom with this green floral wallpaper and he's got, like, a rainbow house coat on and his wife's got a pink slip dress. Maybe it's a full dress on?
0: Oh,
2: yeah. No slip. There's no slip there, Corey. She's wearing an
0: invisible girdle. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, she's wearing a skin... A scandal girdle. Um, here's here's one of those things that you don't have to be a fancy uh, style uh, film student to pick out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All of all of the people in the first chunk of this movie, uh, they talk in advertising copy.
0: They absolutely do
2: and that's and it's like a big neon sign, unlike the big neon signs that literally we get later in the movie <laughs> yeah. it's a big neon sign that just says consumerism <laughs> capitalism the bougie jerks bro. Um, but she's like yeah i got this new scandal girdle look here's an ad that i will recite for you and belmondo's like we used to be in the age of enlightenment now we're in the age of butts and it's, and it's one of those things that's like kind of funny and then at the same time it's like i kind of want to punch you dude like it's yeah. like it's like hey this is a guy who for i wish i spoke french so i could let Bomb de truth like this guy just loves to drop his truth
0: bombs <laughs> and the the niece is there and she's pretty cute and ferdinand definitely like is like hey you're cute
1: There's a lot of eye contact. in. in There's a a lot of eye
0: contact between the two of them as they pass.
1: Then they're at the party, uh, Ferdinand and his wife, and each, yeah, there's several different shots of couples talking Mm -hmm. or small groups, and each shot has different lighting. But I love that the first guy that we hear spouting ads is like, the Alfa Romeo, which is, I'm pretty sure, a car we see, like, immediately after. Yeah,
0: Ferdinand isn't even in all of these shots necessarily, but... Like you see these three people talking in ad copy and it's blue, and then he moves over to Searing Greenland, where Samuel Fuller is, and he just sort of like casually like stands next to him and he's like, Hey, so what do you do? And and Samuel Fuller's like, What does this guy say? I don't speak French. And so they have a nice little translated conversation about what are what is movies. What is, <laughs> what is movies? Welcome. What is movies? Well, love. Hate, action, violence, death, emotions.
1: Is Flowers Uh, of Evil a real movie?
0: I didn't look it up. Um, It could be. It certainly sounds like the title of a Sam Fuller movie. I suspect it's not, though. Um, And I'll just reiterate: I was so happy.
2: I was so happy to see Sammy Fuller in this. I was like, okay, that's. I felt like I felt like that was Bernard going. Josh, don't worry. You (laughs) can. I'm. I'm. Working from, I'm working from a bunch of different playbooks, but one of them is one that you've glanced at a couple times in your life. And again, not to be the big neon sign, but it's like, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Samuel Fuller is going to come in and tell you what this movie's about, sorta, or at least four fifths of it. Not a lot of emotions. Some of this other it's, stuff. It's
0: true. That's a good man. That's a very good point. I didn't even think of that. I'm a bad film study student. I can only assume that after this movie came out for the rest of uh, Godard's life, he had to field requests to be in an equivalent scene in other people's movies. Like, you know, you know, Tarantino called him up at least once. and was like, Hey Godard, do you want to, you want to do the thing from Piero LeFou? Only in my movie where like, maybe I talked to you or like Brad Pitt or something.
2: Oh yeah. I'm sure. Wh- that's I'm sure my, they, that's they all went I'm sure Woody Allen did it. I'm sure all of these oh, guys. God. Yeah. Probably,
0: I- yeah. Woody Allen definitely did it. Uh, But uh, we all definitely did a lot of things.
2: It was nice. It was nice to have Uncle Movies come in and just be like, hey, everybody,
0: welcome to movies. This (laughs) is what they do,
2: ostensibly.
1: Well, (laughs) Ferdinand gets what he wanted, I guess, and continues his merry way around walking the room uh, in a loop. Basically, Uh, women's be topless. Suddenly, suddenly
0: for no apparent reason.
2: France. France is the reason. France is always. Yeah. Whenever something happened in the movie that I was like, what the fuck is going on? I just went, ah, it's France. It's France. Ladies are topless. Men are smoking constantly. People yeah. have ennui. There you go. France.
0: Well, in the first, the first um, room or, or shot where a lady is topless is like the only one that's lit with like natural white lighting. <laughs> so you can really get an eyeful. And I don't know if that's saying anything or not, but it's there.
1: Yeah, she was complaining about something related.
0: Yeah, she was talking about, like, something about how bras are bullshit or something. Yeah. So, anyway, everybody's topless and still talking to advertisements, and Ferdinand ends up where um, Frank and his wife are, and he's like, you know what? Frank's wife is topless. Still. Uh, And he's like, you know what? This party blows. I'm going to go home. Give me the keys to your car. (laughs) Frank's like, yeah, all right. Sure throws some cake at a woman and leaves i thought that was his wife it, it looked like been. he was
2: it looked like she it, it looked like she quick. was wearing it was very quick because they immediately uh cut to fireworks yeah the honeymooners um and uh because it's uh because the movie is the movie's a lot the movie is either nothing uh or 58 cuts in a millisecond uh yes. and this is one of those he throws the cake in a woman's face, possibly his wife. It looked like the color of the dress she was wearing. Who knows? Then there yeah. are fireworks. And then he's on his merry way. Um, because look, everyone, this guy is an iconoclast. Yes. This guy doesn't, <laughs> this guy doesn't do things the way the bourgeoisie wants to do things. This guy reads books books about art to his daughter in the bathtub while he's smoking. This guy doesn't have time for ad copy and b- naked b- boobs. No 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 no. He's going home. He da- he's out of here.
0: He's going to sue his old job at working in TV for firing him for yeah. reasons that seem like he'd pro- he seems like he'd get fired.
2: They didn't get pretty him. Easily.
0: Mm-hmm. No they nobody, didn't get him.
2: Nobody gets this guy. Damn Maybe man.
0: if he met like a much younger woman <laughs> well younger, younger woman who's on his on the same vibe as him man anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway he's home now and denise is still there and she's asleep on a chair
1: she's got a giant comic book that from yep. up above looked a bit like some herge stuff oh, like yeah. oh look it's tintin and it's not Pretty. tintin
0: oh. it's
1: some I think rail riding hobos. I think that's. Oh, is it the what? same
0: rail riding hobo book?
1: It's the same book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I don't. So yeah. Ferdinand's like, "Oh, it's you've missed the last train." Boo hoo. She's like, "Well, it's okay. I'll just sleep wherever." He's like, "No, I'll I'll drive you home."
0: And Frank's Lincoln. <gasps> so I got to talk about I got to talk about this driving scene. So the way Kadar shoots this is just I love it so much um so it's like they've got a car on a sound stage i can only assume or some or some very like a dark garage or something so it's it's in in, in darkness it's absolutely not on a real road but there's sounds of like cars going past constantly
1: there's like lights and flipping across there's the lights, windshields
0: yeah but like as you watch you really, or at least as i watched i realized that like It's always the same two colors of lights on either side and they so clearly what he did was he he's got like off camera two rotating things two rotating arms with lights on the end so they can go past and like sort of but it's so obviously fake that it's drawing attention to itself and it looks really good and i like it a lot i like how fake it is but also like it doesn't really like it matters that it's fake because it wants you to know it's fake but it's aesthetically like This seems like the sort of thing that Josh might like. I don't know. Did you, I mean, did you appreciate yeah.
2: it? I am one of my favorite things that a low budget movie will do is just put a bunch of furniture in a top to bottom black room and then just light the shit out of the furniture. So you're never quite aware. Wait a minute. This is just, this just exists in the middle of the, of nothing space. This is just, it's like a, it's, it reminded me of like black box college theater. Uh, and I think that's why, that's why I have such an affection for any time that a director's like, I don't feel like spending any more money than I have to, nor do I particularly need to make this feel real. It mm-hmm. just takes place in the void. Uh, no, I dug it. But of course the movie, the movie <laughs> wants you to know it is yeah. movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I, the way, even from like that, even for, you know, maybe not in the first couple of scenes, but once you get to the party and it's like, we're all talking about putting a tiger in your tank or whatever the fuck, and we've only got green gels. It's like the whiz. It's like the Emerald (laughs) city in the whiz. It just keeps changing color or blood and black light. It's just like, this is movie you watch. And then by the time they get to the car scene, it's like, no, seriously guys, it movie. Um, But none of this is, I mean, the thing about it, of course, is that none of this is everything. I'll say this. Everything in the movie is so exacting and meticulous, even in its haphazardness and sloppiness. There was one hair that gets in the frame. Uh, <laughs> it that does. There's that, like uh, three quarters of the way through the movie, a little hair in the frame pops up. And I found myself thinking, was that just something that they could not 2k away or was godard like and then in this scene there will be one little hair that pops up in the frame and that's the key to the whole movie um yeah it's a movie i wonder if they
0: i wonder if they removed that from the criterion version i watched. uh i don't i
2: don't know what print they used on google it probably was not it probably wasn't the criterion print
0: Mm. Um, Anyway. anyway i also could just have not noticed because that would be very me
1: Yes. It's obvious because uh, like the camera's panning and this oh. this thing is just sticking up.
0: Okay. So maybe they so maybe they got rid of it then. I don't know. Mm. Speaking of regardless.
2: Getting, speaking of getting rid of things, uh <laughs> <laughs> Ferdinand, Ferdinand's <laughs> thinking of getting in his role, getting rid of his wife and trading her in for a younger model, specifically the one sitting right next to him, because they used to have
0: they used to have a thing five years yeah, ago. Sure did. And he's too lazy to divorce his wife. <laughs>
1: He doesn't teach Spanish anymore, which is apparently another job he went through recently. Mm. And then she puts on the radio because talking with him is really exhausting.
0: <laughs> you know what's is- not exhausting? The Vietnam War. Yep, you know just- about the Vietnam War kids? Because, because Godard does, and he's going to... So there are... There's a lot of references,
2: but I, I, but at the same time, it's like it's literally happening concurrently. Oh no, I'm truly. not him for it. Yeah,
0: he's really mad about it. Clearly, like, not- like, like a lot of French counterculture people were mad about the Vietnam War. Everybody was mad about the
2: French, uh, the Vietnam War. Uh, I, I will say when they explicitly address it. Uh, a little while from now, mm-hmm. I got some questions about how he decided to do that. But sure, sure, sure. 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 Uh, but they're so they're chitter chattering in the car. They're talking about all the big important topics. They're talking about life and war and photography and books how deaths and are things.
1: reported in the news. Like 150 Viet Cong died. Yeah. We don't know about their hopes and their dreams and if they liked going to see the movies, which is the most important question you could ask.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I don't know that that's what their lives were like. Barry Ann, Marianne. Um, it's a thing I think about. It's interesting
2: to hear someone because I feel like. I mean, there was just there was just another stupid shooting uh, in LA over the weekend at a Trader Joe's parking lot, Uh, and it was the kind of thing where it's like three people wounded, one person dead, and because it wasn't, it might look it might have been a shootout. They're still not sure, but it's one of those things that they reported on, and as soon as they were like. Oh, this isn't nearly tragic enough. They stopped reporting on it and they were just like, this happened. (laughs) Then we'll find out. And it's just, and then it's just like, and then it's just numbers. It's just box scores. Right. Then it's just like Mm -hmm. two people dead, three people wounded. You'll never know who any of these people are. I, you know, specifically because of all of the crazy gun violence in America, that is one of the things that resonated with me. uh, The idea that's like, yeah, it's still it's still people. It's still mm. people and you can't just turn you just can't turn that into stats. I found that to be one of the more successful little pieces of commentary in the film just because just because it resonated with what as an American am go as an as a US of American
0: uh, that I'm kind of experiencing as my country goes to shit. Mm. I have been remiss in that I have not discussed the actress who plays Marianne whose name is Anna Karina and there are several notable things about her one she was married to Godard two she stopped being married to Godard right before this movie was made and three she was in a lot of Godard movies before this so she's you know she it's like it's like she was in a relationship with Tim Burton <laughs> in that respect and this is also basically makes Pierre LeFou like the equivalent of uh Scream 4. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of divorced people having to work with
2: each other it is well i i read on the wikipedia that they literally like they basically got divorced or their marriage fell apart and then he went action so yeah that's um, that's
0: yeah yeah that's yeah it's um
2: whew. so so among a, a million other things this is like this is like the litigation of the dissolution of a marriage it absolutely is mm. Um,
1: Which is about but, to happen in a few moments as yes. First Marianne mm-hmm. calls him Piero for fun. Like, hey, look at you, stupid clown. Ha ha. And, and then he's he was like, Ferdinand. my name is Ferdinand. And they're going to do yeah. that bit every yep. minute of every day.
0: It's their bit.
1: It's their bit. It's their bit.
0: it, their it, bit. Their every bit. And it makes them
1: bit. hot and bothered.
0: It does, it does. Because they have to talk about
2: sex. Look, in as much as like anytime I feel like I say, I kind of thought that was sexy. It's gross mm-hmm. because, uh, but I will say this: I thought that scene was kind of. Se- I like it, it was, was kind of sexy. sexy. It was kind it was of sexy. sexy. I was. I. It was more interesting than them just like macking on each other or stuff. But it was. But again, it was sexy in the way that everything and that like the violence is violence, but it is in the world of this movie, which means that there is a, there is dispassion to it. Mm -hmm. There is anything that happens in the movie has this Brechtian or Godardian remove where it's like, Mm -hmm. these are not
0: people. These are a pile of ideas wearing clothes and hats. Well, Uh and also like, because she's the one who's like, oh, I'm putting my hand on your knee. And he's like, oh yeah, me too. And every time she says something, he's basically like, yeah, me too. <laughs> like, he's not bringing a lot to this experience.
1: It's yes He's just and,
0: like, good idea, sir. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, it's not like just, yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, I'll do that. And yet at the same time, he's letting her set boundaries and agreeing with them. So. Well, that's, I'm,
0: look. So, just, whoa. Yes. Well, I don't think that, <laughs> that's a bit of a structure. Welcome to our I new segment of
1: the podcast that will definitely what? be continuing. Consent it's, or not? Woke it's a W that's
2: shrugging. It's the Weezer symbol,
0: basically. Oh Woke? <laughs> Woke or no? <laughs> uh,
2: look and then look one thing leads to another and we never see this and then uh ferdinand wakes
0: up in the tiniest bed in christendom he wakes I mean, he up to have been in the apartment for a bit at this point
1: no it's the next day i swear like two minutes but he's fast. like oh
0: by the way yeah it's like <laughs> it, but it's like he's like oh my wife came by and i shoot her off or or whatever like
1: yeah so so this is like Giant unfinished apartment, bare walls, there's like contractor markings on the walls, there's little postcards pinned everywhere, and Marion's wandering around in a house coat, filling pots of water from <laughs> like a bathtub hose, and then she like dumps the water in a smaller pan and starts a gas stove. I don't think and it also is a smaller pan, the, I think it's the same size. The refrigerator's also gas powered, and there's a dead body on the bed. It's got <laughs> scissors in its neck yeah. and There's guns. Meanwhile, they're discussing-
2: By the way, guns, as Anna just said, there are- Forgot about the guns. There are fucking guns in this apartment. Like before you see the dead body with the scissors in his neck, you're like, oh, she's that And then you see one gun and you're like, okay, well, she's like a youthful French, you know, counterculture revolutionary kid. I'm sure maybe she posed with that with the daisy in it or something uh-huh. and, you know, and whatever. Uh, and then it's just like, oh no, and now there's a, and these aren't just like, these aren't hunting rifles. These are like no, these automatic are like motherfucking yeah. weapons. Just, ca- and everything, and this is the vibe of the movie, right? It's like, yeah, there's some automatic there's some automatic rifles laying around, but that's no big deal. There's a dead guy
0: on the thing but we're not going to let that get in the way of smoking our morning cigarette the cool thing about how they do this is like they start off in the in the bedroom where ferdinand is on the tiny bed mm-hmm. and like and they then you follow marianne as she gets water in her in her pot to put in another as far as i can tell equally sized pot
1: it's so much, <laughs>
0: much more. which i think is just really funny i just think it's really funny um because it's pointless and i just like i like i just like that kind of thing it's like just a little gentle, like absurdity, uh, and the and then like you see her walk, but you see like it's a very like you're not seeing the lower part of the apartment. You're just seeing like the, like it's it's alighting a lot of the stuff going on, and they're on the first pass. And then she goes back in to give Ferdinand his nominal breakfast, which is a lot of jars or something. I don't even know what he's it's eating like there.
1: Crackers and spreads. It's insane. And then a it's, bowl yeah. of
0: question mark and stuff um and then she starts singing uh a little song about uh which is where it turns into it's like and there's there's some backing music but it's not it's not big like it's not musical big it's sort of like she's singing along to the radio that was one of the moments in the
2: movie that if not breathtaking then at least Mm -hmm. breath pausing because i was like because i was racing to figure out like because like you said, it sounds like at first she's singing along with the radio until you realize that the radio has no lyrics and that there might not even be a radio, but Mm -hmm. also she's singing very live, which Mm -hmm. is not, it's not, she's not singing to herself. She's so it's like, there's all of the ambient noise clanking and danking in the background. And it's, and it goes on, uh, it goes on like a full three minutes. Like it's a number, Uh, Yeah. it's a number. And it was and I was like, is the whole movie gonna be like this? And the answer is no. It's the one, well, one, more time. one and a half.
1: <laughs> so I felt like that conversation was about whether or not they love each other truly or yes. not. And whether or not uh he would get bored with her, basically. And I felt like she was hiding the guns and dead body from him. Oh maybe. But then he just bye, bye. stands up and walks yeah. to the other room and looks at the stuff and I'm yeah. like, at that point I, I turned off the movie and I was just like, uh, I need a
0: break. I see. I see. Does he not yeah, so them? Are they not song. real? What's happening? Yeah. So she starts singing this song and then she moves back into the other spaces, except this time we see full shots of them. We see all the guns. We see the guy lying dead with scissors in his neck on the bed in the other room and it's like, okay, are we gonna we going to talk about that guy at any point we're going to no. We're just going to talk about how you're like, you're, you're, you're telling Ferdinand that you'll always love him. And he's like, well, in 60 years, I guess we'll know one way or the other. Cause we'll be dead. Cause he's a real charmer. I didn't get the sense that she was hiding any
2: of that because if she was, no, realized- She's she needs to she needs to get like she needs a to blanket. take night school classes on what hiding is. <laughs> yeah. Hiding is not just putting something in another
0: room. Yeah,
1: I didn't re- I like you know, you go to someone's house, it's they're like only go in this room, all others
0: are forbidden. And <laughs> so it's a bluebeard situation.
1: Well no, because I thought it was the next morning, is like he had just woken right. up, he hadn't gotten up from bed. I see. he didn't realize there were no fixtures in no. the house or a yeah, dead body. But then as,
0: yeah. And then, as you say, he gets up and just sort of like wanders through the room, and he like wiggles the scissors in the guy's neck dispassionately. Yeah, mm-hmm. like sort of fuss fill, like sort of like pokes a gun or two, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, Let's see how this is."
2: Oh, see, she's got one of those.
1: And then Marion shows up and pulls everything out of the dead guy's back pocket and it looks like they're trying to leave and they do a smooch and then they hear something and both scatter and hide and it's frank coming in
0: oh she hides behind the open door of the fridge it's delightful
1: and i'm like are okay so this is her uncle right and then she kisses no. him so he's not her uncle probably well that
0: doesn't necessarily in today's day and age preclude anything and
1: i was like oh so ferdinand's hiding from frank because he doesn't want yeah. Him to know that they're yeah. in a relationship, and then he just walks into the room.
0: Yep, with a bottle hidden like, behind his back. <laughs> and Frank's like, "Uh, what are you doing here?" And then Marianne, um, fludges him over the head with a with a wine bottle that shatters and probably kills him.
1: Yeah, and then they dump his body in the bathtub. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a very confusing montage.
0: Yeah,
1: about conversations that may happen. Or yeah. have yet to happen.
0: What we haven't really discussed is how much how much disjointed voiceover this movie has while other things are happening. Not but disjointed voiceover.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is where we get the information about, oh, your wife was here, but I, I shoot her mm-hmm. out. Oh, yeah, I told you that your wife was here. And, like, how did you get involved with Frank? And we went to the border and stuff like that.
0: So, like, you can... This is hard to glean on the first tr- on the first watch through because there's so much going on and she kind of just like sort of drops it real quick. Um, but this is like her apartment, but she's letting her brother Fred store all his gun runner guns in it for the time being. And that still doesn't explain why she had to n- scissor a guy, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes, freezing. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen josh is losing his shit a little bit <laughs> um he's
1: like i know yeah. what sintering is and that's not it
2: yeah. uh, objection yeah. your honor this is where the this is where the wikipedia helped me out because then two
0: guys show up and they don't know they, they, oh, they never the, this is what the thing about the wikipedia article is uh, like two guys don't show up they just leave they just leave. You never see anybody else. I don't know why they say to you guys Yeah, it's right. them
1: in the car, and then yeah. they pull up for they gas. They
2: climb well, down the thing real fast, like- yeah. Oh, here's what I thought, and I apologize. Sorry for cutting you off. Here's what I, I thought that I guess I might have forgotten that Frank was Frank, or if I forgot, or I just thought that this was because I was looking at the wiki and it was like, and then some guys show up and they try to strong arm them. So they, you know, bash them over the head and get the hell out. The thing, even if Frank right. is just Frank here and Frank is not part of the bigger crime story of which this movie has, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, she had to kill this one guy and they have to bash this guy, other guy over the head and they have to get out of here because she is on the run from something.
0: What we don't really know yet is that she killed this this um, guy who was presumably there to collect the guns or something like that. And she's taken the money for said guns, which is supposed to go to her, her brother, Fred. And you know what's disrespectful? Having a movie with a character named Frank and a character named Fred. Um, I
1: think the dead guy's name is rude. Donovan or something Maybe. like that. But again, that so, they only yeah, explain a little bit of that, a portion of that later. We get that. now. We don't later. even know that she's killed this guy with the scissors. He's just dead in the other room. Right. And the other thing is, uh, she grabs a rifle from the yes. pile of guns and claims to have killed Kennedy with it.
0: <laughs> it's true.
2: Oh, I didn't I thought I thought she was I thought they were just saying this is the gun. It's the same make and model of gun that killed Kennedy.
1: That's what Ferdinand said, and then she's like, Yeah, didn't you know I did it?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: So was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Chekhov's gun's gonna disappear for a while but be back later.
0: Yeah, so she's stolen this money, but she hasn't actually, as far as I can tell, told Ferdinand about any of this at this point, just very vaguely. And the money doesn't come up for the audience, so we don't know anything about this until later. So they get into their pugo. Huge
2: They are on the lam. Somebody (laughs) wants Marianne and her guns and Marianne the money. Is on the
1: and it's weird yep. how much money Marianne, stole, Marianne has stolen because they don't actually have any money and so they have to steal gas by tricking one of the attendants into checking the oil and then slamming the hood on top of him. And then noticing there's another attendant <laughs> she just baps in the solar plexus and he goes oh, no she, down. Points the,
0: she points it up in the air and he uh, while he's haranguing her about how she could get a job so she has money so she can buy gas. And she's like and before this, she's like, I'll take him. I know a good Laurel and Hardy move. And so she points up and he looks up and she goes, GIF! And his solar yeah. plexus and he crumples like a wet napkin. No. Really? She does not hit them that hard. No, and he it's just, so funny. He just, he it's just,
2: so his, it's so funny. And then there's a third attendant.
1: So Ferdinand yeah. has to get out and use like all of his <laughs> boxing moves and stuff. It goes on moves. so long.
2: <laughs> it is a terrible fight. The yes. whole fight is terrible, but it is, again, the movie doesn't want you to have stupid feelings. Uh, the movie just, the movie wants you to be as dispassionate as the people in it. And so, like, there's no excitement to the fight. It's a little goofy-doofy. Nothing actually seems for keeps. It feels, but it's not even well choreographed enough to be funny. It's just, I it disagree. is.
0: great. disagree. It's sloppy. It's yes. just. Yes. Oh, I mean, the fighting, like, as far as the fighting between Ferdinand and the gas station attendant goes, it's clearly just like some weird improv thing they're doing. Oh, yeah. But I think that's really funny. It's a fu- it's a funny like how scene. low stakes it it, it is. Yes, yeah. so and weird. he gives him a couple of little path paths and he, he runs off like, and he doesn't the hit the,
1: the the bricks like the other guy who got one single path. And yeah, it's yeah. just a very elaborate thing. And yeah, sloppy I think is a correct way to describe the whole movie because it's like oh sure there was no blocking at any point. <laughs> Like, I don't but, think they even did a dry run through these scenes.
0: I think there might have been a little bit of blocking in some in, in some <laughs> in some very specific places, but otherwise I agree.
2: But it's not and again, just be I am I can't imagine anybody who actually uh loves Goddard and is like a scholar of his films. At this point, the glass that they were holding has mm-hmm. smashed in their hand oh, because they, they hate what I'm saying so much. But it is a it is a it is purposefully sloppy. It is nothing in this, nothing in this movie is not on purpose. Mm -hmm. And so even the haphazard nature of this fight, it's meant to be a little silly and to take away any expectation that even though this is the story of lover on the lamb, this is not, it's not naturally born killers natural born killer. It's not, uh, it is not even, uh, California. it's not, it's not Bonnie and Clyde. It's not any of that. It's uh, it's the idea. It's all the idea. Yeah. I- what
0: if there was a movie that was about this, but not. What if there was a movie that was about life instead of characters? Sure. <laughs> it's really interesting though. Cause you're right. Like everything in this movie is absolutely intentional on purpose, but in a really, really different way than under the silver Lake, everything is intentional and on purpose where that's intentional on purpose. And it's like been worked to to the bone right like it's been yeah. planned out in exactitude and this is like everything is absolutely in the frame and doing it on purpose but a lot of it is because he's like i found this and i like it so now we're choosing this yeah like it's just an interest it's just an interesting contrast and in intentionality yeah yeah so they beat up a gas station um and he wants he like you find out a little bit of what what's going on with her brother, which is apparently he uh, smuggles guns to Algeria and is also in the TV business in Monaco.
1: Yeah, that old story. Mm-hmm. That old story. And they're driving to Nice.
0: Yes, and they're driving to Nice, but they decide they need to ditch the Pogo because it's too obvious, and then they have to pull out and pull over to make out for a while.
1: And then she's like, "Hey, have you ever killed a man?
0: It's ugly and disgusting. And you, you wouldn't like it. it. No." Like you don't want it like <laughs> just you know pillow talk, your usual no, just regular makeup. French, make-out French talk. new wave pillow talk. And it's like I'm gonna look at myself in the mirror in between makeouts.
1: He's like when I look at my reflection, I see a man who will throw himself off a cliff, and then she's like, Oh, and I see a man a woman who's in love with a man who will throw himself off a cliff. Uh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, so I love
1: that about us. <laughs>
0: so they they're they're almost out of gas and so they need to they need to get gas money so they pull into like this little cafe thing and they're like let's tell stories for money that's a good that's a good way to make money right that thing people do
1: and we were introduced to like these small little interviews with folks uh just a man named laszlo and a lady named vivian and a, and a man named like ete which is a name yeah, i've never seen this- before
0: yeah, there's this one old there's this one guy who's like and they t- they say what they do, and there's this one guy, the old guy who's like I think Etienne or whoever it is is like, yeah, I'm a film extra. And I'm like, you sure are, buddy. Yeah.
2: That was that made me go. That made me that was chuckle. Funny. But at the same time, uh, and Corey, I don't know if you experienced this as well. I was tying it back to her little speech about like you see 115 Viet Cong dead and you don't know any details oh. about them. And That's I good. was like I was like, Oh, are they going to execute every motherfucker on the premises? And they did <laughs> oh, no. not. It just it's was just not- in the follow-up yeah, they tell like
1: stories that. to the two different groups, basically, yes. uh, Ferdinand to Vivian and apparently her partner who we don't ever mm-hmm. meet. And then, uh, Marianne to, Laszlo uh, Las- and Etta And they have two different kind of styles where she tells a story about war, I think. And then he tells a story about, like a historical drama.
0: But then they don't like it, so he just sort of tells like tells them about some random stuff about the world. He starts
1: telling them about the seasons and spring and lovers. She makes money and and he does
0: not.
2: It's almost as if uh, people will give a beautiful woman money. (laughs) Yeah. And a long-winded dude uh, will be like, hey, what if I just talk to you? Now give me money. It's like, I feel like you can just have a guy bore you for free. Like yeah, you can oh, just, sure. you can just be a person in the world and, yeah. uh, you know, and not have to pay for the honor of an old guy, Borg. It's happening right yeah, you now can. as I speak. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: But sometimes you can't even pay them to go away.
2: <laughs> yes. That's what you're paying for with your old man stories. you're not <laughs> paying them to stay, you're paying them to leave. <laughs>
0: so you just got the transaction wrong that's the problem
2: i didn't know this was a thing you could do for money i'm <laughs> gonna try this the next time i'm out i'm just be like hey i'm just gonna tell you a story and then you're gonna give me like a nickel and then i'm gonna be in jail <laughs> yeah
1: i watched <laughs> gonna... uh the edit piaf like dramedy what is it called biopic yeah, yeah. Uh, and like france apparently has this whole thing with like people just going on streets and singing and it, it's just a, an accepted thing huh.
0: Huh. we can well, kind of have that. busking I,
1: we have get like controlled busking but like you just oh. go to a you go to a, a bar and you sing a song and then people give you money oh okay or you tell stories
0: i don't think that's how it would work for me but sure <laughs> yeah i've never made again maybe to stop <sighs> so when he gets back to his car he's been like <laughs> they've, they've been re- like Completely. Not
1: exactly. Boxed. He could have. He could have gotten out know. if he There's made no an effort. Five
0: inches between, uh, fr- between front and back of both those cars. Anyway, he chooses not to make the, he chooses the attempt. He just smashes into the front one and pushes it away, and smashes in the back one and peels out. And everyone's was like. Whoa, what a strange man.
1: So I did not make the connection between the nameless, faceless dead people and the Mm. people they met at the bar here. But that does make sense. I thought it was more leaning towards their two different kind of takes. on like reading people emotionally versus, hey, everyone should care about this art history novel that I keep in my pocket.
2: Totally. And if I was not trying to, if I was just trying to experience the movie and not and not uh, feel stupid. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. there was part of me that was like, I got to figure out what the subtext of this is or else I'm dumb. You know, I'm I, blah blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it was, I mean, it was a cute little scene and yes, it does show the difference between sort of these two characters approaches to life. Mm-hmm. She is, uh, you know, she is more of a, more of a will of the wisp, but, and charming and blah 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 and he is uh he's a bore he's a boring yeah, he's up his own ass yes
1: yeah and that's that's what i could get on my first viewing yeah. i was just like i could scrape this one thing this one continuous line
0: through the whole movie that's not i mean that's not unfair though that is an, absolutely a continuous line is that like she's one kind of person and he's another worse kind of person arguably uh she's, because they she's probably should be together because they don't like they don't really match
2: no and he's just he's running from his marriage with the younger woman and thinking yeah. like he's gonna fix all this shit this is gonna be great this and she's just, just a big solution
0: blatantly
1: lying about everything
0: yeah she's yeah. just telling him things to string him along and it kind of works and kind of doesn't work because he doesn't exactly believe her but he doesn't let that affect anything he does
2: Yes. It's a noir story, except nobody gives a shit. Like she is, she is ostensibly a femme fatale. He is ostensibly the rube who kind of goes along with it because he likes being with a cute, cute lady. And Mm -hmm. then everything, you know, and then every, it turns out that she's, you know, working for shadowy people who choose violence, but it's like, so that's like the movie, but that's not, the movie because you're not supposed to you know with noir movies you're ostensibly supposed to care but we're obviously Mm -hmm. not
0: supposed to here Mm -hmm. well and there's like there's something that this movie explicitly says is that he wants to be in a love story and she wants to be in an action movie yes Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so and those those things don't like as true lies proved those things don't really go together yeah take that true lies
1: so next Big. up, they stage their own deaths because they're just <laughs> driving right. along and they come across a car accident. Like, there's yes. just this little chunk of, like, an old overpass. I thought it was a billboard, and there's just this car that's gone completely nose up. Yeah. Or ass up. Ass over tea yeah. kettle into this thing. And there's just, like, two dead people hanging out.
0: And those um, actors just play dead the entire time very, very well. Uh, is this a Weekend reference? Mm, no, because Weekend came after. Well, there you go. If I recall correctly. Weekend might be referencing but, this. Yeah, it, this might have, this probably, I mean, listen, if you like this scene and you'd like to see it See, I've, uh, like a feature length film of it. please watch weekend. This is why I didn't choose weekend. I really like weekend, but weekend uh,
1: like weekend's there's... like a five minute scene on the side of a road. okay.
0: Oh fi- no five five minutes is um is gener- is um lowballing. it It's a very long panning shot of a very a lot of <laughs> a lot of accident and traffic jam and people being very upset. Um... It's ma- I mean, it's magnificent. I love weekend. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to be like, Hey, I think you'll like it. Art. Let's watch weekend. There is a, there is one shot where, uh, they,
2: cause it's a man and a woman who, uh, died in this accident who they crashed into the one thing they could crash into in an otherwise completely empty universe. Yes. Um, she yeah. is, she's sitting behind, basically she's leaning up against the overpass and the car door fell in her lap And the window frames her face perfectly as if she is on television. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of how we are asked and how the characters in the movie regard. They are so dispassionate about this. They're just that it might as well be a thing on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it is a great little shot. Um, And I'm not sure what I was supposed to get out of it. Maybe I got the right thing, but who knows? But it's it is a it is a beautiful it's the kind of every shot of this movie. This is one of those movies that you could just hang up on the wall oh yeah
1: we do learn that marion can shoot a gun and mm. that guns make a very small noise in this movie in the world <laughs> of this cars movie.
0: explode very easily in this yeah movie. Yes. so
1: marion shoots the gas tank on their on their car and it sets fire and they just kind of wander off into the wilderness across a not, field not before
0: ferdinand is like oh By the way, you know that that really large amount of money you stole that could have could have gotten let us go wherever we wanted. I left that in the car just 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 as a little wee prank. (laughs) I didn't want it. I want I want I want to go off and have a different kind of adventure. Mm -hmm. So that money's useless.
1: So he's got his giant comic book, and she's got like a stuffed animal of a dog.
0: Yeah, but she twirls around. Wee.
2: Yep. Because he represents old dumb intellectuals and she's whimsical youth with her well, little it's
0: not even intellectuals because it's a comic book right so it's not even it's sort of like an infantilized kind of intellectualism if anything it's weird right it like shows sort of that like he want he like professes to intellectualism but in reality like the stuff that he he's he's kind of putting it on
2: yeah but he also It's interesting because, I mean, she is definitely, look, she's carrying around a little stuffed animal and going with it. So like we are, we are supposed to be like, this is it. So yes, they're both holding totems of childhood, but you know this motherfucker could take the simplest fucking three panel strip of gasoline alley and talk about it for 62 fucking out. Like this is the guy, if he didn't invent calling comic books, graphic novels, he probably (laughs) wanted to buy a beer for whoever did. (laughs)
0: <laughs> bon yeah. dessiné thank you yeah if he Let's... didn't
1: read like a billion other books during this then i could lean more on the comic book but yeah no, I mean, he just loves no the it, arts. It's,
0: it's no it's true but it's just like well actually no i mean I, to be fair i don't think that yeah i think it's just it's a godardism right because like the new wave considers the like low quote unquote low forms of art to actually be higher forms of art and i think this is like m- in some vague way speaking to that. Like, I don't even know if it would occur to Godard to be like, think that that was like a sign of anything other than intellectual curiosity. Right. Hmm. Look how smart I am. I'm
2: reading a book for children. So they walk Mm. hand
1: in hand across a river, and then they frolic in the forest a little bit, and she gets a clothes change off camera.
0: (laughs) She changes into her revolutionary gear.
2: But where? From where? From where oh, clothes did you, she get? It doesn't. Oh, matter. do you think
0: this is a naturalistic film?
2: Yeah.
0: No, no, no. Sorry.
1: Oh no, no he fooled me again.
0: <laughs> he got you believing in the reality of the situation. But actually, oh, this it's is a, a dead body with the scissors story. all over again. <laughs> he he got you good, Dart. Um,
2: oh. oh, look. So now they they need another car. Because they set their other car on fire. Uh, it is the- shockingly
1: easy to steal anything in this universe.
0: It's true. But he's too busy reading his comic book to want to steal a Ford Galaxy.
1: She whines a bit, and then he agrees to do it. Sure. Maybe, actually, he looks at the car first. He's like, oh, yeah, that car? I can see myself in that car.
0: Oh, my God. This scene.
2: They're at another gas station. There's a bougie couple who are in the car, and they go use the little homes and Fems room. <laughs> she climbs into the car, all sneaky like, and then, and then I'm like, oh, what kind of scheme are they going to do? Because the car's <laughs> going up. The car's going up on like one of those pneumatic uh, yeah. lifts. So they, it's they like they paid the
1: the young lad to grease it.
2: Yeah, we need a grease job. Uh, So basically you're like, oh, are they going to drive it off the thing and it's going to thud and they're going to drive away laughing? There's obviously like they're planning a scheme and then he just goes, hey, kid, here's a hundred francs. We're going to fucking steal this car. And the kid goes Saturday. And they're like, great.
1: I think what happens is that Marianne grabs the bougie guy's jacket from the car and tosses it down. But I don't know why they had to go up the lift.
0: I think, well, I think that they were, I, th- I think Josh is right that they were, he was, he was planning like some kind of shenanigan where he like knocked the kid out or something. Cause he's the whole time he's like trying to circle around as it's like rising up, but he keeps having to move. And it's really funny because like every time there's dialogue, the music cuts out, but every time there has for like a bit, but then it comes back and it's super dramatic. Like, yes. it's just really funny to me how it cuts in and out. And he's, he, asked the, he asked the kid, he's like, would you ever, li- would you like a car like that? Because like, sure. And he's like, well, you're never going to have one. Yeah. So there. Great. Anyway, a great do you want 100 stolen francs to, uh, to give me this car? Sold. And... It's just like, it's like you're not <laughs> you used to put so much more effort into your evil plans.
1: And then they drive off in the car and then they pull off the road into a little wooded grove and dump all the clothing <laughs> for some reason.
0: Well, no, they're dumping their old clothing because now they have rich people's clothes.
1: They have to hide clothing in the bushes.
0: They don't want people to find out that they're still alive, despite the lack of bodies in their burning car, which would probably give that away.
1: Yep. And then Marion's reading the newspaper is like, oh, look, they've interviewed your wife. She did walk in and see us naked together. I told you. <laughs> uh And Ferdinand's like, everything smells like death now. The road, death, trees, death. Everything's going to die and I'm sad.
2: My friend, you're in in a European art movie in the (laughs) 1960s. You're going to die at the end of this movie. We all know it. You might as well just lay down right now. You might as well have just stayed in that car when you set it on fire. Mm -hmm. Saved yourself 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, no one told Marion to take this seriously. So he starts like playing with the wheel wiggling back and forth she's like ha you're stupid and can't drive in a straight line and so he drives into the ocean
0: okay fun fact this was godard's car was it <laughs> supposed to dri- go in the ocean i don't i i mean i'm sure he told them to drive it into the ocean Uh Uh-huh. What are things? We don't need them. Put it in the ocean. I don't care. Well, so the movie was filmed in reverse, like in reverse order, like they started on the coast and then went back into Paris, like in the reverse order of the the trip they took. So I don't even know. (laughs) But anyway, that's Godard's car, apparently, according to what I read. Uh, and they drive it into the ocean because we
2: do not need these things. We don't need these. We don't need these, uh, markers of a life, uh, expensively spent. We don't need cars and fancy wives, uh, and children (laughs) Mm -hmm. and jobs with people's fathers. This is a beautiful car. Fuck it. We're driving it. As David Byrne would say to the bottom of the
0: the ocean. Ferdinand desperately wants to be penniless and living like a, like the life of a poor artist, like so, so very badly. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he's oh. like really trying to make it happen.
2: Yeah, somebody needs to play that bitch, with Pulp's Common People, and go, In this <laughs>
0: scenario, Ferdinand, you're the lady. That's right. <laughs> anyway, he's lucky he doesn't like spinach because if he did like spinach, he'd eat a lot of spinach and he doesn't like spinach. And that's exactly how he feels about Marianne, except the opposite.
1: This is while they're walking means, along the beach yeah, before this is while they they're
0: walking, walk the beach.
1: curl up in an uncomfortable way on, yep. on, on the, the beach. beach, two
2: feet from the water.
0: Yeah, yeah, and look at the moon for a while during the day. Yep, she she
2: she nuzzles into his pants, his pants <laughs> yeah. region, his area, his his little yep. his little arc de triomphe, uh, <laughs> and... Uh, i guess it's more of an eiffel tower uh whatever (laughs) whatever these are just things uh it is not a way that i would want to sleep with somebody i would not want to sleep with my face in someone's crotch nor would i want somebody to sleep with their face in my crotch and i just why you're
0: not french josh
2: and i just want to put this
0: down right now that this is weird this is a weird it's way for two people well. to sleep.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Look, nothing anybody does in this movie isn't weird.
1: And Then they ruin it all by talking about man's on the moon. <laughs> the, the Soviets, or I guess the Americans, or yeah. some other third man who may or may not find Marion sexy.
0: That's the man in the moon. The man in the moon is leaving the moon because because he's been... He's been—he's been tried to be converted to communism by the Russians, and the Americans shoved a bottle of coke down his throat. And then and he saw Marion's legs. Yes, and he saw how 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 pretty Marion is, and now he's gonna come down, come down to Earth. It's all very logical. What was
2: what's the exact name? Because it made me. Because I was like boy a this guy hates americans and b this guy understands america because it's something like it. He like he shoved a coke down your throat and then tell you it was your idea oh and then make you thank him i think that was the oh, sure. it, line like that and i was like yep. yeah that sounds about right mm-hmm. that sounds like
0: exporting capitalism to me it doesn't have anything to do with vietnam though right
2: it was, who knows, maybe, maybe, what? maybe it does. It certainly um,
0: doesn't have anything to do with Americans butting into a country's war that they don't belong in to try to shove capitalism down everybody's throats. Yeah. It doesn't sound like any America that I know. I'm sorry. Um, I apologize to my American friend and, it and was, our American listeners.
2: And it was, uh, and it was the, that little scene. It's like, there was kind of a, there was kind of a uh, poli sci whimsy to it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It didn't, it's like the closest, it's like the closest thing people, anyone in the movie gets to being like, not whimsical. Cause the whole movie has this sort of dark
0: whimsy over it, but it was just mm-hmm. like, it's the closest that they get to sweet nothings. That's true. It's kind of like-, like seeming like they have a nice time together.
1: Whenever she wants to talk about, like, politics or even theoretical ideas, he's like, oh, I'm so horny. And then whenever he talks about his nonsense, she's just like, I want to leave.
0: Yeah. Yeah. uh... Anyway, so the next morning, question mark, they emerge from the sand because apparently the tide came in and buried them. I don't know. Anyway, they they climb out of the sand.
2: Yeah. And now they go to
0: an island. And have a parrot. Or something. And there's a parrot there.
2: Who knows if they are actually on an island or not? The the, the Wikipedia might have been steering me wrong. But they are doing island-shaped... They are doing stranded on a desert island-shaped things. Which is to say, there's now a parrot here. And it's like... And like it's one of those things where if like if they truly believed that the lowbrow was highbrow and that the highbrow is lowbrow, and if they wanted to, if they loved pulp and things like that, then they're using signifiers from Bugs Bunny
0: cartoons. Like they are.
2: Like oh, they're on an island. There's going to be a parrot. Like
0: it's mm-hmm. like um, <laughs> somebody's going to have to stab some fish with a pole.
2: <laughs> I wonder if on set they referred to it as parrot le Um
0: Yeah, no, it's a be-
1: beautiful macaw. And Marion's out spear spearfishing, and Ferdinand's writing is like, I've decided to, dear journal, I've decided to start a journal. Yeah,
0: thank <laughs> then, God, that'll probably make him less insufferable.
1: Like he's fucking five. This is one yeah. reference that I kind of got, because while they're on the beach earlier, they start talking about The Mysterious Island, which is a book that I oh, have yeah. read.
0: And oh. Robinson Crusoe.
1: And Robinson Crusoe later. And then yeah. they're like, we should stop playing Jules Verne. And I'm like, oh, okay, I understand this little through line. They're, yeah. they're, they're playing
2: Castaway it is fun to see that like, while he is like, he's like writing in his journal and he's like trying to craft a crude bow and arrow out no. of a bow his and belt. an arrow. Like it's like, it works. It works very. She is actually, he's doing theoretical shit. Like, Oh, I should write down my ideas. Oh, I should make a bow and arrow and just see if it works. Whereas she's very good at spearfishing. She's caught more fish than I could ever catch. And I guarantee you Ferdinand could ever catch. She's like she, doing
0: it. She appears to have caught an octopus and then a very large fancy goldfish.
1: Yeah. I saw like a ray and a carp.
0: Oh, uh, no, it was a ray. That's what it that was. That is a ray. Yeah. Um, right. Yes. And it turns out and that they're
1: you... not actually all, I guess, walden They're not out in the middle of nowhere because they no. steal a tractor.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, and that's when my brain got its little hat and briefcase and went, I'm out of here because I was like, well, wait, wait, how did they, they did an entire animal crossing. Like they didn't, <laughs> like somehow, they like they the just pump showed pump up, up, they showed up in nowhere junction and they did a whole stardew or whatever yeah. the fuck. Like, suddenly yep. they've got like a tractor and a back nine and like, what the fuck is happening? And it's silly. But she
0: can go into town and buy him books. Well, yes. he writes
1: and philosophizes to their little fennec fox. So they've got chained to a table.
0: OK, I thought that was a fennec fox.
2: It is. That is a cute it's ass real fox. Cute. Is it's the, the cute fox chained? Because the, pa- yeah. the, ma- the no. macaw. Everything's the macaw- chained. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, yeah, take that, uh, making fun great. of Americans shoving uh, Coca-Cola down. But you just showed up in this earthy wonderland and immediately started putting chains on wild animals. You
0: dicks. You, you think Godard is unaware of French colonialism? <laughs>
2: Yes, I think he's never, I think he'd be very surprised. I okay. think on his, I think on his deathbed, what? somebody was like, Hey, what about French colonialism? And he went and then that's
0: he like, got real big.
2: So, yeah.
1: uh, Ferdinand's been noting all of the days of the week she I guess lies to him and tells him it's Friday because I think it's Thursday and uh, says she'll never ever leave them looks directly at the camera yeah I'll never ever leave him (laughs) oh
0: my god hilarious that Friday thing could be a Robinson Crusoe joke
2: his man Friday yeah because the subtitle didn't the subtitle said his girl Friday which oh, I thought was, sim- which would be simultaneously yes, a, ho- yes, a Howard yes, Hawks yes. joke and yes, a yes, yes. Robinson yeah. No, That's
0: absolutely the uh, joke. Yeah, no, yeah. that's like, uh, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Unquestionably. Yep.
1: And then he's out, uh, <laughs> Ferdinand's out on like a pier, some rusty old crap with a ladder. And he's got the, the macaw with him and the macaw just wants to scritch one of its ears. And the people are yep. all like, here, I'll pat your head. Clearly you want something, but... So I got yeah. very distracted while the whole the bird was on. Screen. So
0: it's a cute bird. I love the I love this shot, right? Because okay, so Marianne walks down the beach shouting basically like, I want to do something. There's nothing to do. I want like being really obnoxious about it. Like, I want to do something. There's nothing to do. And she starts from the left side of the screen doing this. And she walks in towards the, the middle, and they and it pans over with her, and you see. Ferdinand, yeah, sitting on this like, busted up pier, beach junk or whatever it is. And they have like a conversation. And I'm not and about Oh, yeah, they have this conversation about why they don't can't have conversations. And it's, she's like, you're too intellectual. And he's like, Well, you don't think enough. And he's like, all right let's have a serious conversation. And they talk about things they like. And it doesn't seem like it should be going that badly. But then she's basically like, Yeah, this is why I said I never understand or why I said i won't understand you and then she walks off to the right off on the other side and it's just really good symmetry and i just really like how it looks because then it like at first they're sort of together like she's by herself and then they're together in the middle and then he's alone on the left and she's wandering off to the right And i just i thought it was a really nice mise on scène.
1: then we yeah. go to sometime later and he's against a wall staring directly at the camera and off screen she's like hey old man how's the thing going so he does oh, like God. a really old man french man voice yeah,
0: yeah, I can't do one.
1: And describes it's- how good his book's going to be, his idea for a novel.
0: It's so, ir- like, his, French, his old Frenchman voice is so, like, annoying, though. It really is. It's so obnoxious.
2: <laughs> what is, because I didn't bother to look up the ages, what is the age difference between these two?
0: Um, I'm not actually, you know what? I'm not actually sure there's a big age difference between the two of them necessarily.
2: Yeah, the book, and again, this, I'm just going off the wiki, and Anna, maybe you have more insight into this. The book <laughs> was apparently about, originally, a, like a middle-aged man who runs off with like literally like a 19-year-old. Like if it's not a Nabokov situation, it's damn right. near close. Um, And in this scene where he does the old guy voice, it kind of, and she calls him old man, it kind of made me feel like, this feels somewhat rem, remnant of a movie where she was like a late teens, early twenties. Mm. And he was like in his fifties because they don't seem super far apart in a, they, like the chasm between, even if it's like, although I suppose Anna, you and I are five years apart and we have yeah, very, it different seems like, yeah, it of seems reference. like an eon,
0: um, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, but also I mean, also, there's a real good chance the scene was improvised, oh, totally. um, I would say that they're far enough apart to be effectively from different generations, even if they're not the super far apart in years. It's like, yeah,
2: he's wife and children years old, and she's gun running for her brother years sure. old,
0: yeah, I mean, it's it's I, I think like yeah the different like the age difference between you and me is kind of a is is it feels like that like they don't have the same references necessarily, or like me and somebody like a like an early millennial sure. where like they grew up five years later than me, so we like we have vastly different frames of reference yep. anyway anyway I think that's anyway. the important thing is not necessarily the number but like that they're definitely not generationally similar.
1: Yes. Marianne went out shopping, brought him like four books and a little vinyl that he Wrong like books. throws on the ground. books. Because she hasn't met her book quota before music. Yeah.
0: Fifty books before one record.
1: She's like, I don't like our living situation, <laughs> no. so I yeah. threw all our money in the ocean.
2: <laughs> Let's go rob some tourists.
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: they keep they keep having <laughs> yes. money and they keep getting rid of it and it is simultaneously like obviously it's like absurd and a little good but again it kind of goes back to this they both because this is it's her turn to throw away all the money and they yeah. both obviously want to lead this impoverished life on the land doing crimes and stuff universe seems to keep going like No, just have money. It's much easier. (laughs) You can just have money and you can go to International House of Pancakes and you can go to the movies and you can buy a hat. You can do whatever you want with money. And they're just like, no, we don't. They're just like, they desperately want to eschew their privilege. And in the Mm. process
0: show how much privilege that they have. I don't know that Mar- Marianne really does want that. I think she wants the money so she can go and be in an action movie of some kind and she realizes that that's never going to happen because Ferdinand wants the minimum amount of money possible for him to live his his island novel writing dreams um with her being effectively becoming his doting servant, and she wants none of that. And she, the only way she can think to deal with that is to get rid of the money, so he's forced to do something for a change.
2: I think it could be a bunch of things. Like I it's think true. he wants to true. be a bro- he wants to be a broke philosopher, and she wants to be a broke criminal. <laughs> and the yes. universe and the universe keeps going like, "You dummies! You don't have to do any of that." And they're just like they're getting in there. they they want they want this idealized life and both versions of this involve not having money and i you know and you think about true. like actual people who don't have money watching this mm. movie being like why the fuck do they keep throwing their money away it's just that's uh, true it's interesting and it makes both characters like not particularly likable not that nope. anybody was winning any uh, mr nope. geniality awards in this not picture. even a tiny bit grounded no
0: nope anyway so it's time to go where the tourists hang out, where the American tourists are, and put on a little play about Vietnam, oh. Which, which, oh. which is fine and you shouldn't even worry about. All right, we have to talk about that.
1: There's some American sailors there, and so yeah, he puts on it. one of their hats and does an American accent and says, so like, New York and Hollywood. It's really funny. And apparently their play is, like, the nephew of Uncle Sam and the niece of General oh. Ho,
0: right? Oh, yeah.
1: And uh, so she puts on a little straw hat and yellow Nothing makeup else. with yeah. the yellow cheeks and screams gibberish.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, okay, like-, like the yellow face is bad. The yellow yeah. face is definitely bad. Um,
1: the tourists love it. Yeah. They're like, here, here's some, here's some coins. And then they actually steal the rest of the tourists' money and then get chased into town.
0: <laughs> well, and the tourists see the graffiti they've written and they're like, wait, you're commies! And I they thought they were yelling at them, they're
1: commies home. because they stole their money.
0: I think they also saw the, like, graffiti that they did, which was also pro-communist propaganda. Mm. I think. Uh, Regardless, they def- they think they're communists and they steal their money and they run off. Um... The yellow face in is very bad. We just can't no, put it fine not enough. Not
2: Trigger warning. Yeah. Very yellow face. Not good.
1: So anyways, uh, they have a disagreement now about what to do with all their newfound cash. Because she wants to go to a nightclub and party and get her dance, dance on because she hasn't heard music in 5,000 years because of old boring <laughs> pants who like Possibly books. three
0: days. It's really hard to say.
1: <laughs> uh, and frankly, he'll never understand what it means to live. So... Bye.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so she complains about him to the, yeah, she complains directly to the camera about him. Mm -hmm. Oh, this was way earlier, but I just, I, I I like it. So I just want to mention it. There's a, there's a scene. um, I think it's like shortly before they drive the car into the ocean where uh, Ferdinand looks like back over at the camera over his shoulder while he's driving. And he says something to the camera and she's like, who are you talking to? And he's like the audience i just thought that was funny
2: i immediately went oh hi moonlighting like that's <laughs> oh sure that is literally the exact kind of fourth wall breaking that they would do on moonlighting and yes and uh and now i kind of want to go back and try and pick out like oh how much french new wave shit are they ripping <laughs> off on moonlighting because i think it's, I, but not it's a, hard to but, say But not a little, because but that's also just such a stew of so many different genres at once. Anyway, but Mm. it just it it just like it let me it reminded me of like it reminded me of like the long tail that the work that these guys did in the sixties had. And even Mm -hmm. if you're not, even if it's not a direct line that you can draw from uh, Pierre to moonlighting, it oh it kicked the door open. And then if you and then if you scale back in the other direction again, like. Bugs Bunny did takes to the audience all sure. the time, but so did Shakespeare, you know,
0: it's just well, Jen, Jen said that like a lot of like the violence and, and that and stuff in this movie is very Looney Tunes, which is not, not true. And they're reading Sp- comic
2: books. Stage. And they're reading comic books. Fighting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so anyway, they wander through the, the forest and they sing and uh, they have a little duet.
1: She sings about her fate line on her hand being really yes. short, and he sings about how long her hip line is because so, she wants to have a serious conversation and he doesn't.
0: Yeah. So in in the in the French, I this is probably obvious at this point, but I didn't mention it. I I was in French immersion for like twelve years, so I'm mm, semi fluid in French. Um, but it's it's really cute because she's singing about her ligne ling de chance. And he's like, no, no, no! You're linked to Ange, which is her her hip line. And it's just cute. And it's like, this is this is like one of the things that I think like, if you if you watch this movie, this is one of the scenes that you're gonna remember, like just this little bit. Like it's one of the things that I I remembered from my first viewing. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, and they do that little song.
1: In his notebook, it, he does cute. go through like a whole little eight mile section where he's just like love is like weapon is like
0: <laughs> oh yeah
1: all the a words
0: yes and there's like this bit where he like dances up onto a tr- uh, like a, a fallen tree and then jumps down and like there's absolutely no way that i feel like they choreographed this i'm sure he just found this location yeah. and he's like okay belmondo dance up the tree and jump down At which point I was like, you know, Belmondo did all his own stunts in this. Like
1: three tree scenes, yeah, where he walks on a tree, and this particular tree looks very well uh, smoothed on top.
0: Uh, you think you're not going to have anything
1: sharp if you fall on here?
0: Mm. Yeah, it's not. It's nice though. It's it's again nice mise en scène. It's like it's more it's more theatrical than. The rest—it's the like the most theatrical, like musical type scene of the two scenes with music with um, singing in them. I would yeah. say, and then they just sort of abruptly cut off. Though.
2: Yeah, this one, as opposed to the first one, felt more like two people just making shit up. Whereas the first, whereas sure. her song felt like, oh, this is a song with the beginning, middle, and end, and a chorus mm-hmm. and a thing, and everyone knows it. Yeah, I wish I yeah. knew. I wish I knew French so I could have caught that rhyme because that the uh yeah. that's that's really cute they called it the thigh line in my translation
0: yeah i with, think that's what was in mine maybe thigh yeah. line or hip line
2: yeah they, and
0: um, I, was, I was like that doesn't make
2: it. what is he even talking he just because she's like i want to have ideas and feelings yeah. and he's like i'd just like to talk about your hot bod boo that's and what's I, happening. And it's true and that in my head and in my head i was like this is every relationship in Los Angeles between a man in
0: his forties and a woman in her twenties. So true. This is it. Yeah. And the, like the song doesn't really have the, like, it's just like sort of a like her part is repeated and his part is repeated. There's not like a lot of variance in it. So yeah, yeah. it's just it's like, it's a little ditty
1: <laughs> anyway then he's standing in some grass addressing the camera about his thoughts and feelings about mirrors and reflections and death yes. and dreams and the sun is shining
0: it's basically it's basically the trailer for toys <laughs> only not funny <laughs> so the trailer for toys
1: you acknowledge me
0: very on the trailer for toys everybody popular popular well beloved film toys you know this Star is the robin second williams.
1: robin williams movie We've been dissing. And by we,
0: I mean you. I was was saying something nice. I think Josh was dissing Toys. I actually kind of like Toys.
2: Toys (laughs) is bad. Toys is an objectively bad movie. Now I say this, Uh... I I saw it in the theater once the weekend it came out and have not thought about it again. And I like the part where LL Cool J was disguised as a couch. That was fucking awesome.
0: Anyway. I like... Uh, okay, now I'm going to make us do toys. I'm not. We can't. We're not. Nope. We've all seen <laughs> it. Josh will refuse. Uh, Boating down a river. Popeye. I like Popeye. <laughs> all right. That's a that's a beloved Robin Williams film. I only like the Robin Williams films that nobody likes. Big Moscow and the Hudson Gal. We are. I haven't seen Moscow. One I'm hour Houston. photo. Oh, I heard that oh, was good. Man. Photo's okay. <laughs> Doesn't really stick the landing.
1: It's fine. uh death to smoochie
0: haven't seen it uh gonna people say death to smoochie is actually good they're probably wrong people say the super mario brothers movie is good too i don't know why people say things
2: This is a this roller coaster. Is not, well, this well, is oof. a roller coaster. If you well, well, the well. thing is, if you wait long enough and get old enough, a movie that you saw <laughs> when you were a kid that everybody was like this is an absolute hunk of shit, 20 years from now there's going to be some snot-nosed kid with that patch of a fox that smart people have on their uh, backpacks. Um, okay. That Vergen Dürgen. Yep. You know what I mean. Yeah, they've got it's one not, of their one of their uh, outlets about? in my town. Yes. Okay. Um, that they're going to be like, oh, everybody thought this movie was terrible 20 years ago. Well, guess what? All of the movies you liked were bad. This one movie is incredible. It's the Halloween 3 season
0: of The Witch Theory. Oh, yeah. No, that's a very good point. Which is actually great. Halloween 3 I mean, is, uh, is actually, actually of great. Yeah.
1: I is- will continue to be shocked about the resurgence of Shrek
2: no nobody means it right when they're having the shrek raves and shit and everybody's what? doing all the shrek nobody actually thinks it's good it's just a bit that's closed in on itself so I many times this is people like a love it type i
1: think thing. people really like it
0: i know will smith can quote it from memory okay well, sorry that's a that that, that that's a that's
1: i know a, people a, who a could quote joke. will smith from memory
0: that's a joke about a movie he was in i am legend where he could quote we could where he'd been alone so long that he memorized shrek oh i never saw i am legend no i only know about that scene uh, <laughs> uh anyway shrek 2 is the better shrek uh, but back that's to the movie there, there. we're on yes. a
1: boat we're boating down the river we're sitting we're on the on front of the boat. boat for some reason there's a third yes. man in the boat who drives the boat
2: with the yeah. money that they don't have, because they keep throwing their money into uh into an inky black
0: hole of nothingness, but they can still pay the ferryman. I assume that she just like winked at him real seductively and he was like, Sure, I'm not doing anything else right now. Sure. Yeah, I'm just gonna sit on the top like like sit coquettishly on the at the front of your boat. Is that okay? He's like, Yes, ma'am.
2: Sounds good. Maybe
0: I'll pay you. Um, anyway, unfortunately, um, <laughs> Marianne gets spotted from the shore by a um, a small gun runner, fairly small. Yeah,
1: yeah. In the movie, they're just sitting on the boat, and then from the side, they're just like, "Hey, hey, you, hey, hey."
0: He's got a very large. I can't be a phone because it's the mid '60s. It's a field. It's got to be phone. like a.
2: It's, it's a like what? a big walkie-talkie
0: or a field. It's a phone. huge walkie-talkie phone of some kind, and it's very loud. And you can't understand anything that's mm-hmm. being said through it. And he and he is he is a
2: actual honest to God little person. Yes. Um and how are we how are we even to feel is, is it being I still used for think comic to feel about it very yes. much? I guess we don't have to feel one thing about it or other, but I
0: in my heart in my heart and mind I'm like be definitely being used for comic effect. If not comic effect, absurd effect, but like I mean, so did Fellini, but that doesn't sure. make it okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I just had to wander down my, my brain path a little there. So right. yeah, the
1: boat docks, and she just kind of hustles away from this guy with the radio. And
0: Oh, but first she gives Ferdinand an idea for the story he should write, which is basically Final Destination.
2: How great would it be if in the opening <laughs> credits of the first Final Destination movie, it would be like, based, in a, based on an <laughs> idea from idea from, by... from luc
0: Oh my god, that would be real funny.
2: A <laughs> good daughter would be so mad but she's got one more good idea than he does in this entire movie that's mm-hmm. true she's good at spearfishing she's good at being coquettish and she has good elevator pitches
1: you know she's not a bad driver Fair. really
2: nope, no no nope, she's not
1: uh Ferdinand goes into like a garage diner thing that has a jukebox and he orders two beers and sits yeah, down she, next to Marianne has
0: to go off with the gun runner and he goes to this cafe with with the Gunrunner's um,
2: taller, sexy lady girl friend. that
0: she she that he hangs around with, and she dances.
2: She goes. She puts money in the jukebox and then dances with her butt to the camera. Which in the nineteen sixties, if you were making any sort of movie, French or yeah. otherwise, that was the uh, law. If okay. you have, a, if there's a jukebox, a woman in cigarette pants has to go to the jukebox, put in money, and then shake her butt at the camera. It's Whereas, just, like,
1: uh, I'm concerned because I, I feel like this cute. is like an automotive shop, and she's in bare feet.
0: Oh, and anything can oh, happen. Yeah. Is it an automotive shop? I mean, there's a car in it, but there's also cafe tables and they serve beer. Yeah. At that point, I was just like, who the
2: fuck knows what this is? This is just one of those French auto garage bar yeah. dance He
0: also enters through the window for no really good reason. Aside from aside for like, why not?
2: At that point, I feel like I was there's like no really good reasons left. <laughs> there isn't. I think he was just trying to be cool. And I was like, "Sir, and he succeeded." Sir, use a door. Use a... <laughs> no,
3: don't.
1: This is uh, a man, is man who runs on logs. He, he is fun and he yeah. is agile.
2: Don't, yeah. but bo- don't, don't bow and look at Jesus Christ. Just walk right. It's in. It's a very big window.
0: It is that big opens window. in. It's not that bad.
1: So he sits down at the table with these two beers, and I'm like, "One for him, one for Marianne." Although the way he said it, it sounded like he was just gonna chug one like and then start the next.
2: By the way, that's but solid needs a thinking. Friend. Yeah, a guy yeah. comes in. Who I and I thought it was I thought it was you either it was Frank, Frank I thought it was, I thought it was Frank. Frank or Fred or Frick or Friends yeah. or, or whoever. He the sits fuck. down
1: across from Ferdinand and I'm like, who's this guy? Yeah. And then he's like, Hey, you remember me? I'm like, What? No, I don't remember you. I lent you I let you a hundred thousand francs. What? <laughs> and then you left and slept with my wife. What? When did this happen? Has this been during the duration of the movie?
2: No, the guy says three. Unless it's different in the in the yeah. whatever translation you saw. Do you remember me from three years ago? I lent you money, and then you slept with my wife, and I never saw you again. But hey, we're cool. Yeah.
1: Is this why he he's got like, fired oh, yeah. we, from Spanish school? Like,
0: <laughs> I don't know. He,
1: he knows Marianne but... from five years ago.
0: What happened? <laughs> and he's like, is that child busy, even like, his? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's basically like, "Oh, how are you how are, how are you doing?" And the guy's like, "Oh, pretty well." And he just takes off, and I'm like, "Well, yeah. <laughs> almost all, almost had some tension. Nice to catch up." <laughs> and then, Ferdinand, but it's also very funny to me.
1: Ferdinand goes to the bar, uses their telephone to phone Marianne, who's in a hotel room. With well, no, I, the, she
0: calls him, and they call him over. The radio. He's calling from the. Okay. Yeah, they cage him because they use his full name, and I'm like, "Who knows his full name?" Nobody, I don't. <laughs> that's like the only. That's basically like one of the only times it ever gets used. And she's like, "You gotta come help me. Things are getting bad over here with the the guy whose money I stole." <laughs> he's like, "All right." And he takes off across the across the cityscape at a run. And had this happened earlier
2: in the movie, I would have thought, "Oh, now is the part where this turns into a movie, right?" But it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. There's no. It's a lot. Uh, it's just. It turns into a movie for a bit. It does turn into a movie for a bit, but not like... Or as a a bit, maybe. He doesn't... Goddard doesn't want to give you the satisfaction. He'll give you setups, and he'll give you payoffs but you don't feel, never the twain shall meet. If that, I'm not uh-huh. saying this clearly enough. They're not satisfying setups, nor are they satisfying payoffs. And that's all, on, and it's on purpose. Like the scene with the guy, hey, I remember you from three years ago. You took my money and stole my wife. And in my head, I'm like, well, this is gonna, this is gonna Escalate. break bad. Yeah, right? this is bad. This is bad news. If a guy came up to me and said that, I would be like, shit, I'm probably gonna have to fight my way
0: out of here. And then the guy's just like, Oh, but that's not a problem. Bye. Mm-hmm. I think I would say that you don't get traditionally satisfying payoffs.
1: All right. So here we have... Ligari. Okay. Ferdinand's tearing ass across the city, along the beach, along roads, and we cut back and forth between him and the gun runner and Marianne. The gun runner pulls out a pistol. Marianne has some scissors that she's toying Uh-oh. with yeah. and... It cuts back and forth between all these things, like the gunrunner gets the gun ready, and he points it directly at the camera, and then just as Ferdinand shuts the door to the apartment we hear like a little pop, which could be something, and then we look and the gunrunner's dead on the floor with scissors in his neck. Yep. Or dying. She's and really
3: there's a couple of it.
0: thugs who who uh, are following, who are coming up the stairs behind Ferdinand before he like slips into the apartment. So that might that might come into play in about 30 seconds.
1: Yeah, we're like, who are uh, these guys? And they're like, let's yeah. beat him up. And I'm like, okay, they're they're bad men. And one of them picks the gun runner up by his feet and then just kind of drapes <laughs> no, just, him on a chair.
0: Like upside down. For no reason.
2: I no. really I really want to believe that was a dummy because that's just like I felt bad for that actor. I, don't think I was so. like, Jesus,
0: that's 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 messy. Anyway, they waterboard Ferdinand with like with one of Marianne's dresses. <laughs> that might be a metaphor.
2: Oh, I uh, in that one article I looked up that wasn't Ebert's thing, they were like, red represents the world that he wants, but blue represents the bougie world. And so when they're waterboarding him with the red dress, it's as if they're saying, ah, oh, you really thought you were, you were about this life, huh? Well, you're not. You can't, aha,
1: mm-hmm. uh-huh. here's uh-huh.
2: red in your face. I
1: mean, fair. Yeah. and then he yeah, gives fair. her up. He's like, oh, she's at this nightclub. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's like, fuck this. They waterboard him all of twice, which I mean, OK, to yeah. be fair, I've never been waterboarded twice. Might be all you need. This is tough boots. Let's Yeah, I would. I, would just... <laughs> I like to think I'd hold out for like a couple, <laughs> like three or four. I like to think. But I also think, I like to breathe, so it's really hard to say.
2: Yeah, I feel like I feel like one waterboard like one first-time waterboard sesh, I would either be like, Well, I guess I'm gonna have to commit to dying, or yep. I'm gonna
0: say, She's over there, she's over there. And I mean also like the amount to which Ferdinand actually cares about Marianne is probably not enough to get waterboarded to death.
1: He cares enough to go have a sad sit on some railroad tracks.
0: Yes, he goes and sits sadly on some railroad tracks. It's true. (laughs) But he changes his mind at the last minute.
2: Oh, was he sitting there to off himself or was he sitting there
0: to have a moment? He wasn't not, I think. The, the amount of time it took him to move off the tracks when he saw that tr- when he knew a train was coming is not the amount of time that somebody who does for sure doesn't want to get run over would take
1: mm-hmm. and the part where he opinion. sat down on the tracks after noticing the train was coming
0: also uh, true the just, train but apparently saw him coming it saw him there and did not give her access
2: no um I just thought he was having an artistic, reflective moment. It
0: didn't even occur to me that he was like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to kill it could myself. Be both. It could be both. Could be. Yeah. I um, mean, it pro- he's probably, he was, maybe the reason he got off the tracks is because he came up with a real good way to write about him sitting on the tracks.
2: <laughs> there you go. Um, and this is and this is where the movie has takes such a long pause. They literally drive a train through it. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of that joke. Thank you. A um, joke. It's, a, it's an okay joke. <laughs> um <laughs> So then, then look, he's just, he's just looking. He's just looking like, for looking around,
1: looking she's not anybody lady. or she's not nope,
0: anywhere, she not anywhere. And yeah. he
1: decides to live inside of the theater during the mm-hmm. all day cinema. Yep. Uh, and there's a war film on and he decides to read his art book instead of looking at the nasty war propaganda.
0: And then there's like this weird black and white movie with a lady and a camera. And I don't know what was going on there.
1: And then he's on a boat putting sauce on a very big cheese.
0: Oh my god! This is this is my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, I mean that's if if you
2: asked me before I saw this movie, hey Josh, draw a picture of the sweet life. I would very, I would would very crudely draw sitting on a boat with a knife, a jar of mustard, and a piece of cheese again. Taken from a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yes, it's like as large as your torso. It's it is so big, a, and he's a, just a, putting a, little puddles of Dijon on well, one side. It's well, it's it's uh, it's in Swiss cheese, and so he's taking the mustard and filling all of the Swiss cheese divots. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it looked okay. like. Me, it looked like I'm he not was.
0: A, I'm not a cheesecake. It's company.
1: just a very ambitious move. It's just like yeah, you're not gonna eat like, all that. <laughs> and his first bite is
2: so small. <laughs> it's such a small. Button. Even from the narrow end, it's just like you
0: did not make a dent. No, it's barely yeah. noticeable.
2: It is like a third of a wheel of emmental. Oh, absolutely, it's fucking bananas! And I loved it so much. And that might be my Halloween costume, quite frankly. <laughs> <A> sweet life, <laughs> or Wait, who are you? me the cheese, or no? Just be, I'll I'll figure out whatever he was wearing, and I won't shave <laughs> yeah, for a week. You just do a little just,
0: sailor outfit.
2: Yeah, and I'll just be. Who are you? I'm Jean Belmondo <laughs> <laughs> in that one scene
0: in Peril of Foo. where got he, that he, really but, great knit hat with the little visor yeah, on it. Uh yeah. that'll be hard to find. Yet again, Josh. It's one of those things where. We're like the the two people who get it will think you're hilarious, and it's you too. I'll do it, I'll do it for no, a podcast. Not necessarily, we'll totally I, remember. I have to believe at a Hollywood party, there's a yeah, Halloween party, there's gonna be two people who have seen Pierre Le Yes, um, oh, I mean, I want to.
2: I, that's a fair call, um, and S- then. A character from a French John Waters movies enters the chat. Oh my God. And I don't know anything about this lady, but she's billed as herself in the credits. He just found a proper nutter, um, a lady who looks like the late Mae Questel in uh, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, uh, the one who doesn't see oh, She or, so he, does. Yeah, uh, voice of Betty Boop, um, yeah. and she is uh, she is Methuselah years old, and she is just talking about how she used to be the fucking queen of Lebanon and <laughs> ziz and zazz. That's a
0: thing. And, what's that? I'm not convinced no. there is a queen of Lebanon. Not anymore. That's the not problem. She she's in hiding she's now. A, well, she's in exile. She's in yeah. exile. Yeah. She's and also she, a princess. She's
1: she's yeah. she was the princess, but now she's the queen. Got it. She is
2: a crazy old lady who has enough means to have a boat and uh, like uh, she's not wearing a mink stole but she might as well be like she is tr- she's like she's like Crue- she looks like cruella de vil's great grandmother like in she's pink. Just, just all pink. pink yeah it's true um and and i guess jean belmond and other guy are just sort of like her boys yeah, like her, her yeah, young, certainly. her young strapping lads. I don't know if they're giving her any other favours
0: besides, like, There's no implication. But we don't see very much of their retractions. No, I th- they seem to mostly be there to help her around, and probably boat her or uh, to. Places. Yeah,
1: he had to put that entire cheese down to help her off the boat, and she's gonna be that, back in two what, hours. That's not a lot of time for cheese.
0: He's, we're like sorry to disappoint the uh, the listening audience, but that that's it for the cheese in this picture. That's the cheese's final scene.
2: Yep, that's a wrap on the cheese. Um, that's a
0: wrap on and
1: the cool old lady, like
0: yeah. Yeah. by
1: Your Majesty.
0: Yes,
2: uh, but she uh, she was probably. I mean, she's the only person in the movie who is tapping into any sort of inner life because <laughs> they just pointed a camera at her and went, say that thing you said about Lebanon when we found you in that dumpster.
0: Uh-huh. Unfair. <laughs> anyway, so turns out Marianne's there on the on the dock waiting. And I think I think it's a point in the film where we can all feel a little conflicted about that happening.
2: Uh-huh. I looked everywhere for you, and then I came here. I guess, and I
1: found. Oh, but I met up with Fred. Yeah,
0: and we we're gonna do a whole thing, and you need to come with.
1: I even found your journal on the beach, and I wrote you a poem
0: about how you're a, how you're a sad clown. <laughs> I ruined your journal. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised you didn't tear that page out in a rage.
1: Uh, other notes: They're wanted for murder. Their relationship mm-hmm. is like the blue sky and mm-hmm. Fred's waiting for them.
0: Yep. Yeah. So they have to take a boat to go see Fred.
1: It's some sort of junk dock.
0: Yep. It's like Pepe Le Moco, which, of course, we all recognize. Marianne doesn't and, and Ferdinand is like, you don't get any of my movie references. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Which, OK, a little relatable.
1: So getting on another boat and discuss Fred, blah blah blah. What was he doing in Tel Aviv? Well, you know, there's a war in Yemen. Topical, and uh,
0: he's arm stealing. Oh, also the cops will let them destroy themselves rather than chasing them down. Apparently, <laughs> which, if that's true, the cops made the right call. <laughs> it worked
2: out. She tells she tells kind of a cute little story about how her mom and dad couldn't stand to yeah. be apart, and like, and then and that. He, they only had, they wanted to go on a trip, but they only had the money for one ticket. So he got on, but then he got off because he didn't want to do anything without her. But she was sneaking up the backside of the bus. But then she, I don't know.
0: It's I, cute.
1: He was on the bus and they saw each other through the window. So she snuck onto the bus while he was sneaking off.
0: Yep. Aww. Yeah. And then he decided not to go after all because he couldn't be parted from her. Yep.
1: And also Fred has a dance troupe.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. This was the second time in my movie that my brain went, we're done. We're through here. here." I heard
1: the words (laughs) dance troupe like twice earlier in the movie and just forgot them. Sure. Like a fool, like Pierre LeFou. Like
0: this is also where we find out that they've only known each other cumulatively cumulatively for a few million seconds yeah a few million seconds which is nothing it's like really like how long did you know each other five years ago a couple days five hundred sixty eight
2: thousand minutes okay no it's okay i'm sorry five million anyway (laughs) um yeah they and at that and that's the first evidence that we have in the movie about how much time has passed because... I don't
0: even know that we should trust that because it could just be at this point in the film, it could just be absurdity, right?
2: I don't know how
1: good at math she is. I mean, she did like just come up with all of those numbers from her head. She was accurate on the number of seconds in an hour.
0: It's really hard to judge how absurd this movie is trying to be at any given time.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking of, there's a dance party on the beach.
0: Yes. yes. Five, six, seven,
2: eight. Yep. Yes. Beach, beach blanket, Bordeaux. One of my favorite. <laughs> with Fran- with Francois and Lynette. <laughs> anyway.
1: Yeah, there's this dance stuff happening around Marion and Fred. Probably Fred, uh, and they're like, "Will he do it?" He's like, "Yeah, he'll do
2: it." And him is, is probably I Ferdinand. Tell him to. And they're going to run a scam. See, they're going to run one of the the best scams there is, which is (laughs) dropping a net on a car and murdering someone.
1: (laughs) You know those guys
0: who want to kill us? Dropping a net on a car is some Looney Tunes shit. What
1: if we stole from them again?
0: (laughs) Yes. What if we just keep stealing from them and murdering them until they're all dead and we have their money?
2: But then they're just gonna take the money and throw it to the bottom of the ocean. Like, why do you <laughs> keep money? What are you, is it? Is it third times the charm? Where it's like, all right, now we have ill-gotten money. Let's not set it on fire and throw it in the <laughs> ocean. And then it cuts to it cuts to Ferdinand, and he's just eating it on a big on a piece of cheese. It's on the cheese. Yeah, he's stuffing money in the holes <laughs> in the of, of the, the cheese. Holes. Oh my god! What I told <laughs> well, you, I hate
0: money. Spoilers, but I I, I think that uh, Marianne might have been playing a bit of a long game this whole time. Oh, uh. <laughs> in terms of things, we'll get to it shortly.
1: So yeah, the two goons get knocked out. They the net falls. Yeah. Marianne shoots them with the rifle that she's had this whole time for sure, hmm. definitely. This is also that, where the uh, the daffodil she makes got its rifle appearance from
0: Fred. Fred's a gunrunner.
1: Yes. Ah, uh, then Ferdinand's in a little red car. And he gets his car driven into deliberately by, like, a fancier car. And then he takes a gun and looks in the backseat, and the old man with the little dog is already dead. Mm -hmm. And then the
0: passenger shoots the driver. The passenger is Fred, I believe.
2: Yes.
1: Yes. Which is great, because a bunch of people are in the window up above. (laughs) where this car accident happened and they see Ferdinand. So they'll think Ferdinand did all the murders and Fred will get off. scot free.
0: Great. True. Or Fred free, if you will.
2: And now there is something that happens at a bowling alley where the two of them have to split up and she says a half hour and he's like, no we're going to count, I'm going to count to a hundred. Like he's got the money and then (laughs) Mm -hmm. she takes the money from him and has to take the money to somewhere. This makes no sense. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. No.
0: Okay. So, so what's going on is like, this is, this is still the, the, the deal is that he took the briefcase away. They're using him as a Patsy, which I'm not entirely sure he caught, he caught into because they were, didn't really tell him what was going on. Just told him to do what he was told. So now He's supposed to give her the briefcase so she can go give it to her brother, and his brothers. Her brothers ostensibly going to give her some of the mm-hmm. money, I
1: think. And she has to pay the kiss tax.
0: Yeah, and she's gonna, she's gonna come back, and then they're gonna go off together some more. Um, and he doesn't really trust her to do that. And he's like, okay, but what? Okay, what about this plan? What about we have a briefcase full of money? We head on over to the airport. We take a plane out of the country cha-cha-cha and she's like no 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 my, my brother will literally murder us it's a terrible idea he will track us down to the ends of the earths and kill us so you got to give me the briefcase and i'll come back in like half an hour and we'll meet up and then he's like no i'm gonna count loudly and angrily to 137 and if you're not back by then i'm coming after you yeah yeah I, they do not do a i mean he doesn't do a great job probably because he doesn't really care that much about making all of that super clear
1: so then, Marianne's on a boat, getting very cuddly with Fred, and then they do a smooch, and we're all like, "Oh, they're not brother and sister."
0: Or if they are, it's gross.
1: They're probably not. She's probably
2: lying about that relationship too. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's that was my probably, assumption too. A little bit. Probably, yeah, no.
2: And then Ferdinand gets there just in time to run to the end of the dock and see the boat take off into the sunset, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> He turns God. to the shrug emoticon.
0: She <laughs> does. She really does. <laughs> she like, sh- yeah. And then she sort of gives him like a, like 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 a go away wave. Like a no, get get lost. Yeah. Go,
2: go, away. go, go. We don't want you anymore.
1: Yeah. Um, and then it's just him and the other man who happens to be sitting on the dock, who is listening yes. to a song in his head, and she talks Agen. about. <laughs>
2: This is, this How did is you the, meet your wife? What were what the circumstances? Yeah, was there a
0: song involved?
2: This is the part I, I don't know. We all watch movies and figure out what part we would play in them, right? And I was like, oh. "This is the part I would play: the man on the man on a dock speaking cyclical nonsense
0: about a song that may or may not even exist." I, This is really, this is so good because he's like talking about how like there's this song that was driving him crazy and like it was in his head and it's like, and it caused him to like, the lady he was with, he stroked the back of her hand and he's like, do you love me? And she was like, no. And he's like, well, crap. Okay. And then he met another lady who wasn't as pretty (laughs) and he did the, basically the same thing at the bottom of her hand. And he's like, do you love me? And she was like, I do. And he's like, well, I didn't love her. So I dumped her. Which to me is just like and he's just really expressive about the whole thing. Yeah. And now I and live it's on just the dock. very funny. Yeah. Now I live on the dock telling my story. And do you hear the music or is it just me? The third lady, I did both the top and the bottom of the arm
1: just to change things up a little bit. He's like,
0: I was fed up at this point. I just whatever.
1: And then she said and we got yeah, married. She said yes, and I said yes, and ten years later, and I smashed that vinyl records, yeah. so now the only proof of the song is in my head. Can
2: you hear it?
0: <laughs> it's very, I think it's this a, was a Married with Children.
2: It's a very pre-internet conundrum. Oh, yeah. Now we're cruising. We're cruising to the big denouement. Uh, sure are. Uh, Ferdinand knows exactly
0: where Fred's Island is, I guess, because well, he just randomly jumps on a boat that happens to be going there. Because it's like he's tired of this guy's story, so he just hops on a passing boat. Yeah. And the guy's like, Are "You going to the island?" He's like, "Sure am." Uh,
2: sure. Yes, it's uh, it doesn't matter because nothing does. It doesn't. It doesn't.
1: And then everything goes to plan on the island.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. He uh, he goes to the island. He shoots Fred and Marianne, and he like carries Marianne around up to the house flops her on a chair probably really good for her bullet wound she's not dead yet and then he calls home but he has to wait so he hangs up the phone and he carries marianne to a different uh, to a bed he's like so about stuff and she's like she's like sorry piero and he's like my name's ferdinand and then she dies she's just like but not not before he says you brought this on yourself
2: Uh which is like you did, I mean, you are, by the letter of the law, you were right, but must but. you, must you literally, uh, rub Fleur de Sel into the wound, my friend?
1: <laughs> then the phone so. rings, it's the nanny giving them a call back, he's like, how are the kids? And the kids are probably okay, and he stops caring,
3: Yeah, and hangs back up,
1: up. then yep. paints his face blue, mm-hmm. and grabs um, some, I thought they were fireworks...
0: Nope. No, that's uh neutral meat meats, my friend. Yeah. Speaking again of Bugs Bunny cartoons, oh. I mean, he,
2: he grabs the dynamite from, it might as well have said Acme on it. Right. Oh, yeah, um, exactly. So I want to, I want to take a step. I want to take one quick step back because we all mm. said paint his face blue. Like it's a completely normal thing, but we should, let's talk about it for like half a tick. My thought as to why he was doing it because again i was watching it and i was like everything means something so i on top of enjoying this movie i have to figure out and my thought was oh this is the color of a person choked of oxygen so basically mm. this is him basic this is him preparing himself for death which i wasn't a hundred thousand percent wrong about um, mm. in as much as you can't be wrong or right about these sort of things. The article that I read that was really obsessed with the colors in the movie mm. and mm. had made some good points was saying that because blue is the color of the bourgeois, that mm. he was painting himself blue to be like, I can never escape it. I am. Right. Yeah. Ba da
0: bada da da. I'm blue. So, would you say that that in- indicates that he's accepted that he's always going to be part of the lugeoisie? oh i i think i'm not
2: i'm not only i i, I you sound pretty assured of yourself oh.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I mean i just wanted to be funny it was funny uh you did a I like I
2: um why do you guys think like uh, so you've seen it a million times anna but the first time you saw it the man starts smurfing himself what, and you thought? Oh, I just were... thought it was
0: weird. I and just thought, then like... he blew himself. Oh. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, first we get like real time shot of him wrapping two two strings of nitro meat around his around his head and fumbling around to do it because he can't see anymore. <laughs> which I'm like, which is just like, oh, I I, I see Godard like said wood as well. <laughs> Let's film it all.
2: I mean, but yes, but also there's like. There's what you imagine is, there's what you imagine your suicide is going to be yeah. like. And there's the reality of what your suicide is like. you yeah. have all yeah. been there. Um, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm sure in his stupid, stupid head, he was like, my head is what contains all of my problems in life, so I will mm. explode it. I will explode my own head and free myself. Blah blah blah. And I'm sure he thought of it as like poetic and beautiful, the character. And then he's just an asshole with like fucking (laughs) two giant (laughs) bandoliers of up. and he's like fumbling with the string. Like a fucking 14-year-old trying to take his his date's bra off or something. And it is
1: the least poetic death ever. He grabs like a fistful of matches, strikes them, and then decides to change his mind at at that moment. Lights the fuse and starts to try to like tamp it out with his fingers.
0: And literally says, this is silly. Here's the hilarious thing about this pacing-wise, right? Is because Corey's described like this ser- sequence of events, and you might imagine like there being some like intercutting with the, like the you seeing like the fuse slowly getting like quickly getting shorter, and him. No, no. He's it's basically he lights it. He's like, wait, this is stupid. You see the fuse getting shorter, and his head blows up in the space of I say maybe three seconds.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like it's the opposite of how any person would normally film this scene. Like, yeah it's very abrupt it. there's it's like zero amazing. pathos yeah. yes and then it just pans to the right over the smoke slowly yeah. over the. i thought ocean. it was
1: fireworks because very early in the film there's fireworks right. shots yeah.
0: sure i i suspect if you take that many fireworks to your head and lit them it would still be bad
1: that's what i expected
0: yeah but then also, um, it would be beautiful. A little bit more panache, though.
2: Yeah. And he's dead, and he's, he's dead. dead, and, and the that's, movie's over. That's it. Very good. That's Pierre Lefou. Um, yeah.
0: So, I guess I'll do. I'll do some final thoughts. Is great. If that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, it was really interesting to me listening to you guys talk about it because, like. I think Josh Josh you were trying really really hard to engage with the movie on on whatever its own terms might be and it's it it seemed like you got very kind of frustrated by the film because because of this because you were looking at it as a film to be decoded.
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, 100% I agree with you. So even if even if there even if the movie was meant to be emotionally engaged with mm. and, and I don't believe that it was. I don't think it was. But um it was my own shit because I don't because I am not a film intellectual. I'm a bro who likes movies. Yeah. Like I I'm just I'm not smart about Miz and Sid- I the most I can do when I'm watching a movie is go, holy shit, what a great fucking shot. Or man, that's some good lighting. Um, and so I but when you but Godard is such this, it's this like unapproachable monolith of one of the great gods of cinema. And mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, everything means something. So it's it's so for me, it was so for me, I got in my own way. Talking
0: about it now,
2: I gotta say, I had a pretty good fucking movie.
0: The way that I've always approached it for whatever reason, because you think I have all people like having taken a class on and like learned a bunch about Godard and everything would really be trying to like, be like, Ooh, symbolism and everything. But like, to me, it is kind of just a vibe movie. And I just like sort of like vibe with the things that are happening. I don't think about it too, too hard. And I'm just like, ah, that's funny. Cause it's not how new movies normally are. And I just enjoy the absurdity of it on that level without trying to be like, what does this all mean? Cause I mean, I think it means a whole lot of things. I mean, well, okay. I do engage with like what I think it means because I think it's to a certain extent, Godard grappling with his own intellectualism and how he makes film and also grappling with the fact that his, his relationship has just ended and he's still making a movie with this lady. Um, and he's still like clearly horny for her. Um, and like, but like how it's ultimately kind of empty to be like this sort of like self reflective kind of like i'm gonna make i'm gonna tell a story that has no characters and it's just about life like that that is kind of an insufferable position to take and nobody's gonna like you at the end of the day but that's all i take from it and i just kind of like you know like just watching the stuff happen and be like oh look like now they're wandering through the countryside how silly and i don't really try to figure it out because i think if i did i'd have to do a lot of research that i don't want to do
2: I think now that I know I can vibe with Godard as opposed Mm. to having to solve it which is like such a weird ad but I like I like it's a quiz that I was afraid I was going to get wrong Mm. I think when I watch I will watch the movie again because I'll probably show it to Kayla because she expressed interest but we were just sort of ships passing in the night I think I'll dig it a lot more the second time around and I'm look it worked I'm like oh I'm excited to some of it is Animaniacs Aluetta and some of it is like oh this is really fucking interesting and it made me sort of like realize that in a lot of the movies that i watched that do quote french new wave shit i now i now kind of go like oh i see i see it made puzzle pieces fit for other movies mm-hmm. more so than it made puzzle pieces fit with
0: godard because i've only seen right. two godard movies oh and just one last thing is i do think this is like for godard this is basically like a comedy like as far as godard (laughs) is concerned this is godard like fucking around a lot too and having and being playful in a way that i think he like he definitely kind of lost over time and that's part of why i like it because like for all that it's maybe not a movie that you can connect with emotionally i think it's and this is probably the film student in me too it's like i can see like all this like a lot of the stupid like jokes he's making just using cinema and stuff and i find them really i find them like maybe not like bust a gut laughing but just like fun and funny and i just like and the the absurdity of it and i think it probably hit me also at a point in my life where i hadn't seen that much that was absurd like this uh. so it really kind of it's to me it's it's like ground zero for some stuff right yes for 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 a certain type of, of film that's very different from the things i had been watching and so I like my, my love of it isn't necessarily like it's idiosyncratic to me. Right. Because I, yeah. Cause it was an awakening in some ways. And I just like, I just, I don't know. I find it weird and charming and, and frustrating and fascinating and, and yeah, I really enjoyed watching it again. Uh, yeah. But I would, I, I think if I was going at it, from the perspective of i have to understand what every scene means and i have to decode everything it would be very frustrating unless i like it would it would be humbling intellectually because i'd be like well i don't know anything about this all this like french symbolism and stuff and i'm gonna have to learn and i don't think it would be fun
2: Yeah. I didn't, it didn't occur to me that I could just hang with it in the way that, like, I watched so many European movies from this era and it's not like I'm going in, I'm not going in with like a, well, uh, there's nothing for me to figure out because it's just Mm -hmm, people, mm -hmm. it's just people in nice apartments murdering each other. Uh, But like, (laughs) but I think I need to approach, I think when I watch more of his stuff, I think I need to approach it from the idea that first and foremost, it is still it's still a movie it's still a piece Mm -hmm. of entertainment it's still something it's still it's not it's not a it's not a pop quiz i have to get right anyways
0: no yeah but i mean and sometimes godard's up his own ass and he pontificates about things and it's a little boring and that's not untrue and i just sort of i just sort of zone through those i don't know i mean there's there's a lot of different ways to watch a movie and that's how i choose to choose to engage with this and godard would probably hate it but he's dead
1: yeah it's so language heavy that yeah. it, it definitely hits boring spots
3: mm-hmm.
1: in bed uh, it's interesting it's an interesting movie it's definitely weird uh there's one specific thing that i really thought was cool that they do uh once during the party scene where the where he's walking around the room with the light color changing mm. uh he gets partway across one scene yeah. i think the lights like green and then it swaps to blue and it kind of replays Mm -hmm. so there's like small sections in the movie are kind of like uh instant playback but from a different camera
0: oh yeah there's yeah there's there's a few places they do that yeah absolutely
1: yeah and i guess just kind of like where characters go vertically in the scene and the way the camera moves Mm -hmm. is it's a little loosey-goosey it's not it's not tightly controlled and that's kind of fun Mm-hmm. On one hand, I do appreciate not being, you know, fed everything, but this is definitely kind of like a challenging experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah well, cause, I mean, and because Godard is an intellectual and I think he is high on his own supply, too. And I just sort of largely choose not to engage with it on that level. Yeah. But because there's so many levels to it, I don't I, like you don't have to, right? Overall, would you say you regret watching the film? no absolutely okay mission accomplished (laughs) he showed you something you didn't regret (laughs) yeah next time we're watching the beast from space no we're not no No, we're not
1: no we said no more
0: beast no did we say that (laughs) are you sure (laughs) uh no i won't do that to you guys again that's the only i mean that's really the only beast there is all right, we All right. did it. We did it. Hey, yay. yay! Good job, everybody. Thank you everybody it for didn't listening. Take
1: us four hours. Uh, I'm Coriander Dickinson. You can find me well on the site that used <laughs> to be Twitter at Absolar. <laughs> and maybe more more often on Instagram at I guess Coriander mm. Dickinson.
2: Hey, I'm Josh A. Kagan, and I love it over on Instagram. Come and hang out. It's a good time. Uh Twitter's not great. Instagram, also not great, but uh, I make dumb jokes and uh, and you know, and that's about it. There you go. That's all you need there. Uh, you can find me there at
0: Josh a. Kagan. I'm Anna Wasserman. Uh, I am currently taking a break from Twitter because I can't use my preferred Twitter client anymore. and also uh, all the all the news I read is bad, and it was kind of affecting my mental outlook a bit so but lord knows either twitter will be dead by the time anyone hears this or i might be back on it i don't know if you at me i'll still see it i got notifications set up uh and i'm also on instagram and those are both at gold sarcasmium
2: yay yay au revoir pierre lefou the cheese Pierre foo casque la fuck
1: I didn't pull out any of my French language jokes.
0: Oh. I was not I accusing
1: anybody of anything. Oh,
0: yeah, well, that is, that's a good one.
1: That's always a good one.